0: Hey everybody, this is Ben Foost, Chief Knob Turner and Button Pusher here at the Uncommonwealth Podcast. We've got a special treat for you today. We're going to feature an interview that Philip did with the Live from the Path podcast here just a little while back. It's kind of a cool time to see him a bit out of his home field advantage, shagging some questions from people around and reintroducing you uh, to how he sees the uncommon life. We're going to turn this over to the uh, live from the path fellas starting from scratch now it's a bit of a long show certainly longer than you're used to so if you want to skip ahead to Phillips' interview it starts about 22 minutes in otherwise uh hang out and enjoy the show
1: live from the pathway studios in johnston proper you are live from the path
0: And you're listening to live from the path. We're coming from the
1: Pathway Studios here in Johnston, proper. I love it here. Taxes are low, rents are high. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> hey, man, Dan's charging
1: you tax? <laughs> yeah, no one else got that? <laughs> ben, we have a secret
0: deal <laughs> uh, No, no, I was under-assessed this year, my guy. <laughs> Just the, the, the thrift store priest has been paying all my dues. <laughs> uh, hey, thanks for hanging out with us. We're glad to see you on the uh, third show of the year here on Life from the Path. Uh, hey, we got we got fun stuff going on. Uh, so, b- b- big news, uh, Boo is not coming. No, oh, that's a shocker. That's Yeah, yeah. He's uh, a working man. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. The guy's got legit work on a on a monday night at 10 o'clock
1: you know i was talking to a guy earlier today that said hey man we can't work too late today uh i got a date tonight i said you have a date on a monday night What? he's like can you do that yeah that's what i said i mean i can't <laughs> decide whether i've been out of the game so long that i find this so preposterous place is open on monday <laughs> but i'm like who goes out on a monday night well, you got to get up on tuesday i mean these are terrible <laughs> ideas <laughs> Yeah. I've never heard of such a thing. I mean, he's like 25. So I mean, I, I you know, like I've been married a long time. So I guess I, I thought a I paint? don't do, I don't nothing on Mondays. I might do some
2: laundry. <laughs> spice it up, Mike. Yeah, spice it up.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's a good good introduction here. So meeting the man <laughs> who's always out on a Monday night, Philip Ramsey. Uh, Philip, thanks for joining us on live from the path.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: So I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to have Philip on. It was, we're going to talk about um, he, he's he's with uh, Uncommonwealth uh, Partners and. Uh, Given that it's the start of the year, right uh, uh, all kinds of financial goals people have and whatever yeah, absolutely. and so I, I thought uh, it'd be good to have someone again, we don't know what we're doing, no. that's why we're doing the internet radio and so but 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 we can get someone who knows what they're doing in here and and he's at, he's post date Monday night he's free. And so, hot day, we hot say, day. So We're gonna bring them in. <laughs> uh, and so, um, if you have any questions, we don't do the show live. So you're just gonna you're gonna hear it tomorrow and say, "Boy, I totally missed out." I'm sorry. Just the premise of the show, you can't ask. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you can hit up the complaint line. Uh, with something legitimate. So if you got a question that you want us to pass on, uh, but one, we'll give you his contact information. You can hunt him down on your own. Uh, but if you love the complaint line, that's 515-517-0085. 515-517-0085. Sponsored, unbeknownst to him, by Bob Eisenlauer with the Eisenlauer Real Estate Team. Well, he's just the best, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. His, his generosity, uh, I mean, he doesn't even know about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good uh, thing he doesn't. He sleeps well at night. Yeah, yeah he does. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're going to get our sponsorship. The man, the, I was going to tell him, but I mean, he's got a family now. Like He's got yeah, yeah. a kid and I thought think it's
3: scary. There's yeah. no reason
0: that he knows that he does not pay anything to sponsor this complaint line. No, nope, we're the concrete <laughs> shoes of the radio world. We don't, <laughs> we don't want to take Bob down. <laughs> yeah. He's too good of people for that. Uh, so, so here's the deal. We're, we're going to spend uh, quite a bit of time talking with Phil. But there is Mike. There's something that occurred to me today. Yeah. Um, there was an article on Christianity about like um people people s- starting to s- stop answering their text messages. Yeah. Because uh, like you got you used to be I don't answer the phone. Text me. And now people are texting you and you're like, man, eh, I may or may not get to that.
3: Oh, shoot. This is like beyond ghosting. This is just like, just, they just don't. Um, yeah. Okay. not so, like we were dating. Uh, oh, yeah. Set the train down. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I have no idea. People, I, people keep saying this on, on, they're like, he ghosted me. I'm like, I have no idea what that Let, means. Let's say you regularly go out with someone on Monday nights. Got it. Monday yeah. night. Day, and You've been dating you? for like six months. Yeah. With you. And then all of a sudden they think, eh, I got John. I go out with on Tuesday nights. So they just stop responding to your text. Yeah. They're just gone That's ghosting. And you're like, oh, no, they still love me. They're like, they just don't respond. Disappear. They've they've chosen a bad term, right, Mike? Because when you think ghost, you think
0: haunting people.
3: Hanging around when you don't want them to. I I think of a (laughs) uh, clay, uh, what's that, potter's wheel. Mm. Or the movie ghost. Oh. Yeah,
0: yeah, you're, yeah,
1: You're a 35 year old woman, then, is what you're saying. <laughs> hot date. <laughs> hot, I mean, hot dates. Hot dates. <laughs> what do you mean? I, I am what I want to be. So There's a lady there? I just loved the, the pottery.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Mike, here's the question, though. So, we, we talk a lot, we've talked a lot about s- social media. Yeah. Um, and, and, boy, it just it sometimes seems like a field you don't want to play in. But, like, if it's a cesspool, but the people are swimming in it, is it still okay that you're out of it?
1: Are you are you asking for because there's opportunity to bring light into a dark time? Yeah, so that, that was basically the crux of the article was basically, uh, hey man, uh, for for all the things that it that it isn't.
0: Um, you still have uh, people who are who have needs and people who are going to places like this. this is we talk about like it's a bar. People are going to places like that for vindication, to feel better about themselves because it's the only friends that they have, like whatever.
1: Uh, <clears throat> yeah. so- I, that's not what they're using it for, though. That's the thing. It's like there's, I, I could see a little bit of that argument. If we were talking about a playing field that lent itself um, to interaction and Um, guidance and it does not like social media does not do that. They basically, the the common premise of social media is hello world. This is what I am. Take it, take it. Or I'm going to find five more guys that love exactly what I'm doing, but like any, but any type of dissent, right? Like not even on, let's just take all the broad, huge topics that everybody fights about off the table. Some guy wears a, a yellow PGA shirt and they're like, the PGA is dumb, and they write it on your comments. And then all of a sudden, the guy is just wound up tight over a shirt that he was wearing, right? Or, that shirt doesn't fit you very well. Did you borrow it from your mother? Anything. It doesn't matter what you write uh, of the smallest disagreement, now it's on. Now we're going to battle. And so, like, it, it just, it's been my experience through social media that, that that is not a platform of which people are open to critique, rebuke, uh, information, really, or any type of uh, objectivity. So, so the, the the core thing would be that um, someone might say, "Well, look at all these people looking
0: for attention and looking for connection or whatever." Uh, but but what you're saying is the very premise of it um, does it's not actually opportunity; it just feels like opportunity.
1: Yeah, and so and and maybe I mean I'm not trying to color all of social like I have healthy social media interactions, right? Um, and and there's plenty of that. Um, but there, the, the, the people that you're talking about, the darkness that you're talking about, um, boy, it, it, it's, it's hard to put it into, into qualms, right? Because we were just talking about this is is like when Jesus interacted with people, uh, a lot of it was physical touch. A lot of it was yeah. proximity. A lot of it was looking them in the eye, right? And there's, there's certain things that you can't quite get done from, Miles and faceless and uh, inability to detect sarcasm or inflection in a voice. Like, the typed word doesn't give all of that. And so, like, there's just so much room for error. I just feel like you're, you're leaving a lot of it up to chance, I guess, is what I'm getting at. On top of the fact, you're having a conversation between you and another person in front of a thousand people. Yeah, that is awkward. That I find poor. Abhor- <laughs> like, I just, there, in, in real life and social media, there's nothing... I, literally nothing that bothers me more than having a two-person conversation in front of five people. I absolutely can't stay. I don't know. I don't know how people deal with that. But like, that's all. That's what most social media is: text messaging and and Facebook messaging stuff. I'm totally cool with that. That's just a way to get get a hold of a guy, right? But like, when you're having a private conversation or a semi-private conversation on a public platform, I, I just can't think
3: of any reason that you'd want to do that. Especially when there there are people who just don't have filters. Which is what you were talking about. Yeah. Because I, mean, I could have a conversation with, hey, I like bluebirds or whatever and blah, blah, blah. But then there's, yeah, there's always that person that's just like, I hate bluebirds. Right, I hate bluebirds.
2: That's stupid. And you're that's stupid, eh? That's why I have isn't? cats. You yeah. Know, and it's, yeah. So what was the premise of this article? I wanna
0: uh, well, so the core of it was, it says, uh, love your neighbor in the new year. Answer your, uh, answer their emails and texts. Yeah. And so, like, I started to read it, and frankly, it just got a little long, and I decided to bail on it, but it, it like, it, it, I think one of the core premises to say, um, like, we're not talking about going, becoming a Luddite here, uh, but, but what we're saying that's is... That's the second time you've used that term. What does that mean? Uh, it, there was So there was a rebellion in the Industrial Revolution um, in England, and with... <laughs> Sorry, what? Yeah, what's Dan, Dan left
2: me? <laughs> me and Dan already know this story <laughs> due to our deep-rooted history learning. <laughs> I'm, I don't, so you can keep going if you'd like. If not, during, it's fine. during the
0: Industrial Revolution, like there was a, a group of farmers and other guys who were like, "Hey, man, this this change in life is going to change the way that we live." Um, with this new technology, and so they actively tried to thwart it. So, like, they were the guys showing up with, like, cows and farm equipment to try to uh, stop factories from running. They were Luddites. and They didn't answer emails. They
3: didn't. They refused. (laughs) They got tagged as anti-technology, basically. Okay, Okay, I got it. Okay. Okay. So... because okay. we kind of went off on social media, which is not what this is talking about. No, no, no. no but, but,
0: what it, but it sprung to me that, that like, I was, uh, what I thought was, is that um, it, it's basically using technology in a healthy way. Like, that's it's the, it's the broad premise, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And so there's individual interactions. Like, how do I respond to individuals who are trying to connect with me in some way or another? Um, but it made me think that um, one of the cases that this is going to make is that in their digital lives, um, this is an actual place where people are going, it, it, it's, it's the bar of the internet. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so uh, it, it doesn't mean like if, if we may say, hey, th- the bar's not a great place. But if that's where people are going, there's a ministry concept where like, I mean, people do this. Right. They go out to bars to try to find and, and meet people and provide something positive in a place where there isn't anything positive going on. And it, it, it made me think, uh, should we think of social media differently than that?
1: So, do you think that the that that my perception of this is not necessarily that the platform itself is inherently ingrained to do this, but more of a cultural shift that says, "Look, I, like on, on the whole, as a Western culture, we're just not open to a lot of uh, kickback onto what we're doing and what we think at the moment, and it's just amplified on social media."
2: I'm gonna. I'm weighing in on this. Have it here. We go. Let's have it. So here, I didn't read the article, so right. I'm gonna. Luddite. <laughs> Caveat, yeah, yeah. So we could go that route. What I think that article is trying to get to is we are getting bombarded with so many ways that people can communicate with us, right? So it used to be like you would respond right away with a text. Or, like, let's go back. Like, it used to be you used to be really quick to respond to emails, right and now i mean how many emails do you have that you have to delete? because i i just don't get to them yeah i think what that article is saying is text messages are starting to become that i mean i just wrote down what i have i got facebook messenger people could communicate with me on i got email which we've just talked about that marco polo anybody know what that is yeah well that's like a video text message deal oh man you got slack which yeah. might communicate there snapchat, snapchat and then you got linkedin yeah. and then you got texts So, to me, that article is saying we're getting smoked by all these different avenues. It's almost like Bitcoin out there. you got all these crypto things. It just gets so lost in the shuffle that sometimes, like, like, I'll just tell you my process, not like you care, but I won't even open the text message until I'm ready to respond. Because I know if I open that text message and I don't respond, that thing is good as gone, and I just ghosted somebody, not out of, like... Despite, like, I wasn't doing that on purpose, but it's because it was, I'm getting bombarded by all these different social media things trying to communicate with me. I lose the fact that, oh, I'm supposed to respond to Ben. He just texted me. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think that's really the premise of that article of like, hey, don't be a, a loser and not text people back yeah. because that's like the first line of communication. They have your cell phone, they know you. <laughs> and yeah. so I think all those are valid points, by the way, on social media and not. Not going out and having a two person conversation in, in the media, like I think that's valid, thanks, buddy, but I think that that oh. article is saying <laughs> don't be a tool, yeah yeah respond to people I, I've got some I'm
3: waiting on right now uh, we, we we had a couple spots open up for our Zimbabwe trip, and actually met him in Kansas City, and then they live in Atlantic, and we had a meeting last Sunday. this is like over a three month period anyway, like over the past couple, few weeks I, I've facebook message i've emailed i've texted like i just need to know are you interested or not exactly all i need to know is are you interested yes i don't need any money nope. I, I mean we have a meeting yep do i plan for you they still haven't responded even if it's a no if Oops. it's a no no problem <laughs> yeah 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 no is fine I, I just need to know please please respond do you think and, Do you think we reach a
1: capacity as an individual like how many people can we actually interact with right I, I mean, like, I, uh, in, in a in a healthy way, right? I, I don't I don't have a number in mind. I know I know that some people are more apt to be able to handle this than mm-hmm. maybe others are. But mm-hmm. I mean, to have an actual relationship that is not uh, top layer only, I mean, it's got to be thirty people. I can't do any more mm-hmm. than that. Like, I just cannot have that type of actual relationship. Uh, because there's just a ton of stuff going on, right? Like, I mean, you're trying to raise kids and love a wife and and work an an honest job. Take them on
3: date nights on Monday. And go down and fail at date nights on Monday. Sometimes it is exhausting. I can have, like, six conversations going on with the different media types, and Uh and I'm just like, I just want to turn everything off. (laughs) (laughs) Just stop it.
0: Yeah, that's interesting, I suppose, when we think about... um, Uh, Engagements and being able to interact with people on how many people it actually is, and this is the danger of looking at uh, even broadly connections or social media as opportunity, like opportunity that you can't actually realize is not valuable. Like I was having this conversation at work with somebody this week. We had um, we're trying trying to bid something out, and like and the thought was, hey man, there might be three million dollars worth of opportunity here. I'm like. If there's three million dollars hanging off a mountain that we're unable to climb, it's worth the same amount as me as the zero dollars I have standing here on the ground. Yep. Like, and so the thought that had, oh man, we have a wide sphere. I can connect with people all over the place. And Dan's got valid connections across the world. I, like I have guys mm-hmm. in Pakistan I'm, I talk to, right? Like legitimate things mm-hmm. of which you can connect with people across the world. But like the concept of there being a vast sea of opportunity is not the same thing. As actual, tangible, realized value—something mm-hmm. that you can act—that actually creates value—and like it's it's the it's the count of hey, I got five thousand friends. I mean, that's fantastic, dude. Like, do you do you know any of these people? <laughs> yeah. uh, and like, if if they just want to get the newsletter, and this is the cheapest way to do it, fine, Facebook it up. I don't care. But like, as long as we've quantified it correctly and realized or qualified it correctly, and say the value that that is actually here, you you shouldn't look at this sea of opportunity on on any of those platforms and go, this is all at my finger. Tips. that's not value that's that's uh pamphleting right that's advertisement that's not creating the same thing as valuable connections and like where we don't recognize the difference between that and valuable connections mm-hmm. we start to measure the world poorly mm-hmm. uh, and we and, and then we then we say well this thing is failing without realizing that it wasn't really creating value in someone's life and back to the the, the text messages and emails and stuff i think that goes to the broad point right like i i, I intend to respond to everybody that that contacts me because that's value this Mm -hmm. isn't just an opportunity of oh hey maybe i have an opportunity to have a conversation this is a valuable conversation Mm -hmm. that's why they have some personal Mm -hmm. connection to me in some way or another email likely aside (laughs) um but like uh can i am i spending other times on doing things that aren't actually creating any value they just seem like opportunity and not actually engaging in things that i know are valuable including turning the phone off and going on a date with your wife on a monday night
1: You know, actually, if you put that in correct perspective, it's like a guy that built a garage and then looks at it and goes, you know, I could build a flying car in here. (laughs) Now, wait a minute. You just had a garage, right? Like you have a you've built you've done something, uh, but you've seen this like outrageous opportunity that in all reality, just as flat out does it doesn't exist. You could use it for. Barbecuing and stuff Or fixing your own car Or having your neighbors Come over and drink beer In it with you Or whatever There's plenty of options here But you went with Oh man This is gonna blow up <laughs> It's gonna be the craziest thing ever And like You And every Up and coming rapper I've ever met mm. Have the exact same thought Oh man It's gonna be crazy in here Here's the next date Of when the craziness happens Hey man That's not what's gonna happen <laughs> You know what I'm saying You've built this up In your own mind That's yeah, not yeah. what's gonna happen
0: <laughs> Well and like There's a uh, We've been there's a number of folks that I've been talking to about um, house plans. We've been trying to figure out whether we can b- build a house or whatever. And like the, the, when you when you look at a wide open landscape and you go, look at all this opportunity. I'm, I'm, w- we're going to use. it. We're going to entertain. We're going to have people over all the time. And like the totally legit question is to look honestly yourself in the mirror. and Go, do I entertain now? Exactly. Am I entertaining Get to it. the limits of my own joint? Preach right. it. Because if I'm not, I don't need a bigger joint <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to entertain people. <laughs> and so like it's, right. it's it's a, a, and that's the same thing with friends, right? Like I'm going to hop on this thing and I'm going to green. 50 friends like you have a you likely have a place of work and maybe there's six people there maybe there's six thousand. but i'm sure you can make a friend there uh you, if you you probably have a church community you probably have a family of people you could interact with and i like growing your world but like don't blame it on the environment um something else might be going on uh let's bulge at the seams first and then burst into the world that's great mm-hmm. uh but don't don't uh, have to if you build it they will come it's false
1: Build a build a flying car in here, Ben.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't dash my dreams. <laughs> All right. So, uh, if, if you're listening out there, uh, answer my text message. I think was the core deal. But we we have a valuable connection, you and
2: I. Uh, I, I kind of like
0: I kind of like not reading it until uh,
2: until you intend to Help me, yeah. Help me not ghosting people. Yeah. If we're going to yeah. use that verbiage. Yeah. I just.
1: Well, I, just, I, I suppose that it also too actually gives the attention to somebody that's in front of you. Right? Like, uh it happens a lot. It's uh, I've become more guilty of it now that I got to my Apple Watch. Yeah. Right? Because like, it, it vibrates and you look at it and you're like, oh, what's this guy want? Right? And I'm legitimately talking to one of my kids. They're telling me about their school day and I'm looking at my watch like I got better stuff to do. And their story was dumb. And like, that wasn't my intention, but that's exactly what it looked yes. like. And I'm almost certain that's exactly what it felt like. Yeah. I've handed out more apologies to my kids yes. because of that phone. Yes. Right? Than, than I should ever have to. It, I mean, I'm not... I'm not so far to say, look, like it goes in a drawer and you forget about it as soon as you get home. Like, our our world is different than that. It just, it's been getting there and, like, it's, you know, you used to be able to just say, look, when the phone rang, if someone was home, they answered. If they weren't, they weren't. No big deal. Ah, We we just don't quite work like that anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, to call back to a little bit of a simpler time, I mean, when people had my intention, they had it. And they had it until I decided to let it go, not until it was interrupted and taken from me, Mm. which I allow.
0: Well, it's even different, right? Like, let's say you're sitting there talking to your kid in your living room and some guy comes and yells at the door. That guy interrupted both of you, right? Right. He entered into your shared space Mm -hmm. and you both can react to that. The vibration, the haptic feedback on your wrist that you got that your kid didn't feel but you did, like... You're not even sharing the
1: interruption as a moment. Right, You're the probably. only guy that got it, right? And it could be nothing. You're like, look, hon, I understand that your play is coming up, but there could be a good deal coming up on this text message. <laughs>
2: Somebody liked my post, right? <laughs> or it could be a complete waste of
1: everybody's time.
2: I don't know, but I got to find out. And the perception when you look at your clock, it's like, are you? Are we done yet? Yeah, are we done yet? No yeah, yeah. And that's what my my wife's amazing. And I had an Apple Watch, and I would keep looking at my phone or my watch, and she yeah. was like. You got to get rid of that because the perception looks like you are n- disengaged yep. and you've got better things to do. And I was like, oh, that's such good feedback. Yeah, like, that's and it's hard not to when you know, like, well, I got to tell it's not something you have to look at now. Yeah. It's just
3: a
1: reaction.
2: It absolutely is a reaction. It's, just, it's all this,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean you do the same thing if you felt like a like a bee walking on your arm, you'd look at it immediately yeah. and go, "What's this? Hey, What's hey, going on?" Hey, yes. Yeah. And so it's not like the human reaction is poor, but like at the end if you put the whole package together, I mean you you know what's going on here this is not what you, it's what you intended right mm-hmm. I mean if this is not like the the metaphor for every christian i know right like they end up doing this and this and this and they're like this is not what i intended how did i get here yeah. well you just look behind you and realize <laughs> yeah. that it was paved with 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 good intentions but you you made a poor decision you looked at your watch and it's not a direct sin against the holy lord to look at the watch but it did have these consequences and now you got to suffer them so like it does take an honest like making an honest look at some of the stuff that you take for granted and go what am i actually doing here what am i actually allowing you know without being you know johnny crazy give me swaggered on the deal but
0: mm-hmm. okay good i think we rolled that up and another thing <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey you're listening live from the path again thanks for hanging out with us uh hey if you're listening well shoot is it all right to listen to the podcast mike yeah i do it
1: yeah okay <laughs> Just, just tell people that you're going to, hey, I'm going to be That's not out. social media. That's me just you telling you what the deal is. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it's like an instructional video. Okay. I
3: think, though, they need to respond when we say we have a complaint line. Yeah. Or they're not answering yeah. our texts. We didn't text them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't do a blast marketing campaign. It's yeah, true. Never we mind. do very poor, actually. Yes. Yeah. It's okay. Good.
1: Uh, I'd like to get some money together and get a new Dan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if only. <laughs> it's like I've been on that same program for years. <laughs> All
0: right. <clears throat> Thanks for hanging out with us. You're listening live from the path. All right. Big, big, awesome news. Uh, Phil, Philip Ramsey is in the studio. And uh, so here's, here's what I want to talk about. So first, just a quick introduction to you and, and maybe how you got into uh, being a financial advisor with Un- Uncommon
2: Wealth Partners. Yeah, that's a great, great question. So thanks for having me. I'm, I'm super happy to be here. And uh, so, yeah, how I got into Uncommonwealth Partners, man, it was, it was a journey. But uh, what I found was uh, in my grand, grandiose uh, career path, I realized that financial advisors weren't really out there to help me. <laughs> And I was thinking about, this is kind of a long story, but I was a pharmaceutical rep at the time, and I was a pharmaceutical rep for Abbott Laboratories. Mm. And I went away for a three-month uh, really intensive training. And at the end of that, I went to a doctor, my first doctor, and I started showing up and throwing up, as they call it. And I was telling him all the stuff that I was learning from this three months of high-intensity training. And at the end, he's like, huh, that's what they're teaching you over there. Where do I sign? And that was the conversation. Huh. And I remember thinking, wait a second. There's two perceptions here. There's one from Abbott that are trying to make me go sell more drugs for, I guess, everybody, but really their bottom line, let's be honest. And then there's another perception of the doctor. Right, The doctor has a different perception, and I think that's valid. So the next doctor I went to go talk to, I was like, hey, this is what Abbott just taught me. What's your side? And we had a 20-minute conversation. Mm. And so flash forward three years down the road, uh, Abbott Laboratories had huge layoffs. And I thought to myself, what other industry out there... It's kind of like Abbott Laboratories, a big company's telling far, like sales reps to go talk to people and really all it is is helping the big company make more more money and and I thought financial services, I've never talked to somebody that actually wants to help me. Right. They want to either kill me off, sell me more life insurance mm-hmm. or talk to my five family and friends and bring my LinkedIn profile. Like mm-hmm. uh we're not doing that. Right. So, I thought like I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure out how to be different in this space. And really try to help people by listening to what their goals are and really try to work through. Because this financial whole deal, like you talked about at the beginning, is, is daunting for a lot of people. And I don't know if we've ever had curriculum out there as parents to teach our children finances but my parents did it in 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 ways that they weren't just sitting me down and like hey this is how this works so so that's how i got in the industry and uh so the uncommon wealth partners is just that i feel like we have to really do a better job of redefining retirement um because i just don't feel like it's sustainable how it is and if if you looked at it this is this whole retirement thing is a hundred year old experiment like it's not really something that we've our 50 year old experiment right um and pensions are going away now and Mm -hmm. so people really have to be savvy on where are they going and and so that's how i got into it let's stop there
1: so It'll I'm, never work. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested like, if, because you said that, that like, by listening to people's goals and, and what they want to accomplish is, is, is how you kind of walk them through and help them you know, achieve those, I'm guessing, right? Yep. So if you were to ask me right now what my goals are, I would have nothing to say. Like, totally. I, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't come to the top of my mind. What's my goal for my financial whatever? Or let's even take financial out of it. Right. Like, I, th- I, th- I think most people have this perception in their mind. We're like, look, man, as long as I'm not uh, hugely in debt or injured, uh, I don't know, as long as I can pay my bill, I good. just want to be harassed. Yeah. right.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a really good point, Mike. And a lot of people don't even know where to start with this, yeah. like how to dissect this thing. And so what I would say if we were meeting one-on-one, Mike, is like... Are we going to
1: have a two-person conversation w- w- in front are of we Hump- right <laughs> are, we, are we doing this right uh, now? Are yeah. we doing this? Okay,
0: I'm going to give you a freebie because I, that fits along with my question. People say, look, I, I, I just know that something doesn't feel right, or I feel like I should yeah. probably take some level of responsibility here. I wouldn't even know where to start yeah. on getting some things under control from a
2: financial perspective. So this is how we do it, and I'm telling you this is backwards. Okay, So I would say, like, what do you love to do? Like, what gets you up in the morning? And if you could do this for the rest of your life, you woke up and did X, what would it be? And you would say something, Mike, probably something amazing. Probably like building flying spaceships in In garages. I'm half started. so, (laughs) So to me, there's passions and there's unique gifts that we all are uniquely gifted. And I think that's God's given each one of us, right? And so our job is to be a good steward of the time, talents, and resources that God's given to us. And so is that time, talents, and resources going to work at uh, Wells Fargo and being a customer service rep? Maybe, maybe not. Does that make sense? Yep. But really, how has God uniquely gifted you personally? That's where I like to start no matter what. And to do that is just get to know you. And Mike, I would say, and everyone in here knows about them. Does that make sense? They know what they like. They know what they don't like. So, so, keep let, going.
1: so I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but no, it's I'm, good. I'm trying to think. Um, so if you actually were to ask me that question, I would fall back to what I've always known and or maybe always been taught is I just don't have the luxury to think like that. Philip.
2: You don't say it like that. And I think that's what keeps you where you're at. Right?
1: I, that's, yeah, maybe that's what you're getting at. You're the so, common dummy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yep. And so if somebody's like, listen, I absolutely love singing. I just can't get enough of it. My question would be like, well, what are you doing now, right? Well, it's not singing. Okay, well, then we've got a gap here. (laughs) We love to sing. You're not getting paid to sing now, and you work at Wells Fargo. Is there even an avenue that you can even see that you can sing? Well, maybe, maybe not. Like Maybe you need to coach other people singing. I don't know what it is. Does that make sense? Everyone's different. And so that's how this whole uncommon wealth, I guess, would start is really trying to figure out who they are because it's really not about rate of return. When you start talking about rate of return, it disconnects people from their money and then they're throwing it at some retirement account where they, I hope that goes up and I hope I have enough money by the time I need it to then do something I want to do, which like your point earlier, have you been really doing a good job serving other people and building a house and hosting? Well, does that make sense? And a lot of people want to go through this whole financial financial path and say, as soon as I have this amount of nest egg, that's when I want to live my life according to my will. Does that make sense? Or according to the way God's gifted me. I think my point to hold all this is we're kind of made to work. We really are. And if we're doing what God's uniquely gifted to us, it's attractive to other people. And we can start talking to more people, and we're all differently wired, uh, and so we can reach more people. So I just don't think retirement should be go sit on a beach and go, sip pina coladas or just go on the golf course. I think you can go on the golf course and be a witness too. So can you coach other people golfing? Can you caddy other people? Can you serve other people by this whole golf thing that you love? And the people that just want a high rate of return, we're not a good fit for. Uh, because we we want you to actually invest in people. And so we've really broken this whole thing down into phases that people can start dissecting their own life in because this whole uh, I'd say philosophy is attractive, but it can also be scary and it can be abused by Puffing somebody up and then letting them fall.
0: Yeah, I, so that's that's uh, that. that Seeing an example is a good one, right? Uh, everyone's seen the American Idol where the guy gets up there and he's he's terrible, and like, oh. this isn't actually his path, right? Yes. But he says, "I really love it," yep. and so like there there is there is there is a level of honesty that says, "Look, here's what I love."
2: Absolutely. And then
0: there's a level of honesty that says, "Look, no one's going to pay you for that." Yep. Uh, it doesn't mean you can't love it. Totally. <laughs> uh, and maybe, maybe maybe what we're creating is time for you to love it on your own in the basement. <laughs> but like either way, yes, it's it's still a focal point it's still it's still okay for us to start the conversation there because like that problem doesn't get solved or even addressed if the first thing i do is great hello faceless person i just want to manage your money like it if 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 it doesn't matter if i'm reading you right what you're saying is if if it doesn't matter who's in the room just what they have you've started from the wrong perspective
2: absolutely like what's in your wallet is what i always say like every time i sat down with a financial advisor they always want to know what's in my wallet because they wanted to know how much they can get of that and try to put it to work. Yeah. And what I like to say is, no, no, I don't, I don't even care what's in your wallet. I want you to know what gets you excited in life. And once we figure that out, we can say like, listen, you are a worship pastor. You probably shouldn't be opening up a miniature golf course. Probably not wise. Like you don't have any experience of that and this, that, and the other. And so I'll I'll give you an example. So we had this psychiatrist that came to us and had this emotional shame, financial shame about where he was at. Him and his wife were in a a truckload of debt uh, for student loans, Mm -hmm. and and he wanted to get a doctorate. He had all these goals, but at the end of the day, he's like, i got to wait 10 years to get my student loans paid off. And then at that point, then we can start maybe thinking about a side business of the psychiatrists and and try to open up a business. He's like, the only thing we've done wise and correctly is we have this Roth IRA for eleven thousand dollars that mm-hmm. we have. And I'm just clinging to that. Like, That's the one thing we did right. And uh, my business partner looked at him and, and he said, listen, we'll work with you, but you got to cash out your Roth. And he was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I'm He's like, that's the that one wall. thing I did. <laughs> I did right, you know, and, and so he ended up doing it. He, yeah. I'd say he went down this uncommon path. And in that, we started his own psychiatrist business out of that $11,000. And this was six months ago, but it was generating $1,000 a month. And he loves what he's doing. Yeah. Now tell me when he wants to retire. He'd be like, I don't want to retire. Right. I want to go keep impacting people the way God's uniquely gifted me. And that was $11,000. Like now, even if this is my point, let's say it went to zero. This was his experience. This is what his training was. And he had the funding. It went to zero. My point to him is like, what did you learn in that process? And was it worth eleven thousand dollars? Because we were very honest with him at first. Like, this could go south, pal. (laughs) And are you willing? And his wife was right there, is like, we've got to do this. And she was a huge support. Anyway, you guys can talk. But you have a cool job. We I have the best (laughs) job.
1: (laughs) I'm like, hey, your thing's broken, gonna be big money. (laughs) (laughs) You're gonna really be sorry. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah. What's in your wallet? (laughs)
2: The honest truth, though, is like I could have taken that Roth and invested it, and it could have lost uh, all of it. And what'd you learn? Not to put your money with Philip, right? Right. You know, like, <laughs> Not wise.
1: Not wise. It is interesting to, to think about what you're saying. Is, is I, I mean, everyone's pretty much brought up the same way. Uh, you know, that, that basically, look, uh, you go to school and when you eventually get to, done with school, either you get done after high school or you get done after college then you work. And then by the time you're 60, 62, 65, whatever, you bail. And then you go and then you relax. Yep. Right. And like it's 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 beat into you, into your head. And like what you're saying is so foreign to that, that it sounds ridiculous. Right. How do you create a life that you don't want to bail on? Right. Yes. Right. right. To yes. the point where we're talking about a retirement scheme that like, I mean, let's be honest. How long has this thought been that you go to school, work till you're 65 and then retire? How, how old is that? A hundred years? Two hundred years? No, I don't, it's not, not more than a hundred. Yeah. I'll tell you, it's right? not so, more than a hundred. So we're talking about like there's there's been a ton of people that lived before us. Right. And like retirement wasn't even a word. They didn't even have it. They're like, yeah, I bake bread. And then you bake bread until you ninety five and keel over. That's, and that's it. it. And that's even localized,
0: right? Like, think of like culturally, uh, there no one's in Zimbabwe going, "Yeah, can't wait till I turn that clock oh, at no. 65. Yeah, right. <laughs> we're gonna flip this thing over. Like, yeah. It's easy street. <laughs> yeah, like it's 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 a it's a very when, when you're when your cultural center is so unique in that like we're basically plotting for the, for a way out. I, we're we're basically we looked at this equation. Go, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna plot to. to not waste really but like not get the most out of the next 30 45 years and then my life's gonna kick over right when I got back pain right uh, and and I'm living on on, on not very much because I stopped working
2: statistics show seven years after you retire you die
0: oh man that's rough
2: and I think it's because you disengage you're not really really pushing yourself to to be hard like to be better than what you are, you're just kind of complacent. Complacency is always bad. You know, Vince Lombardi, you're either going up or down, <laughs> you're not staying stagnant. Yep. And, and that's the hope and dream is that I'm going to go sit on a golf course and rot. And like, hopefully I make it. Like, that's not even a guaranteed either. So, yeah. my thing is like, hey, w- let's start enjoying your life with the finances you currently have and let's maybe reorient them a little bit. That's not a bad thing. But you've got to be thinking about this in a a different way because I'm not even sure you're going to make it how you are living now. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, then we can go into more traditional advising of how much rate of return you need to get to actually live off of in uh, the interest rate that that needs to accumulate like it gets really messy quick and people are like i don't understand that but i know what i want to do tomorrow <laughs> if i could do and i didn't money were no object this is what i would do
1: right if you, and if you think about it from that premise think how how unattractive uh the cheap alternative of entertainment would be Right? Like, I mean, you spend, you know, most folks will, will go home and spend the last two hours of the day just chilling out watching TV. You know why? Because mm-hmm. they can't afford to do the other crap that they wanted to, do, right? <laughs> and they're like, but I can't afford TV. So I'll watch other people do cool things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, think how, how, uh, where, uh, so, so if you spend your life doing this, right? Like, you build a culture within yourself and within your family. And, and, and as you progress and as you get older and as retirement comes, I've watched, I've watched five guys in the last two years retire from where I work at and die within a year because they just didn't have anything to do. Their whole life was this X thing that they went to every day. And unfortunately, it wasn't something that was ever rooted in their benefit. Right. Like they got paid to be there and then you start to you start to love it and then you start to have to have it. And then all of a sudden you don't know who you are without it. Right. So like the job that I have or the job that most people have, they're like, if when they say, hi, what do you do? The first thing they ask is, what do you what do you chain to? What yeah. job do you have to go to? Otherwise, you'll, you'll default on everything you own. Oh, yeah. 7-Eleven. That's me. <laughs> right. Like, that's how people answer the question. What, what, what do I need to know about you? Well, where I work. That's what. That's what everybody's going to want to know, right? And 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 from what he's saying, boy, that's a wild flip thing. I'm hoping it'll stick with me, because I feel like I agree with 100% of what you're saying, and then tomorrow I will be sucked right back
2: in to the things that I've always been told. It's so easy to do. Yeah. And here's, the, at the end of the day, we all want to be financially freedom. Like, we want financial freedom. Yet, it, when you put it in these accounts that you can only access them when you're 59 and a half, it puts a time lock on it. And so, right. my point to everybody is what is your monthly expense that needs to come in that you feel like you can still live your life according to the way you want to, right? Like Mike, you would know that number right now. Like, and that's, what's coming in every month. Now that's our number to start with. That's our number that we are going to go after as fast and as furious as we can. And I want to do it as most uniquely gifted as you can do. So you can now bless the world because of it. And I want you to get paid for it. Now, are you going to quit your job right away? No. I'd probably say that would be unwise. And your wife wouldn't be on board either. So let's not do that. I don't even take her out on a Monday night now.
1: (laughs) Well, if I quit my job,
2: (laughs) we'd really be in the straight And so that's, that's where we start with people is like, hey, what's your monthly expense that needs to come in? That's the number. That's your financial freedom number. Let's get that however we have to get there. My point to a lot of people will be like, let's do it the way you like it. Because at the end of the rainbow you want to kind of love what you do. And if you do it right, you're going to go back and redefine it re like, you're going to get more efficient at it. Yeah. So anyway,
0: so let me ask you this. Is this, um, this may hit the ears of some people as lofty, right? Like, like really I get to say what I want to do and there, and there is, there's definitely a path for it. Like, um, the, I'm going to, I'm going to ask the question and it's going to, I'm asking it intentionally crassly, but like you can yeah. fix it. Right. Yep. Uh, is this a middle income or above conversation?
2: Oh, no. Okay. No, 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 Yep. Not at all. So, so. Because here, the person that doesn't have a much income doesn't need that much to produce. That makes sense? Like we have a surgeon who has a lot more coming in, but he has a lot more going out. Yeah. <laughs> then we have a person that just, he has a mobile home, like with his family, super excited about it. Yeah. He has a lot less coming in, but a lot less going out. And so for people who are like, I don't have a million dollars to the to retire with well do you need a million dollars to retire with like maybe maybe not like i don't know and so to me it's not and that's what kind of levels the planning field with all these is it's a percentage basis of what your income is currently right it's a savings rate it's all this kind of stuff which again gets technical so we got to just pull it out and just say what do you know and what are you good at what's god uniquely gifted you at
0: Yes, because it's, it's a relative thing. It's it's not saying um, it's using your money to support um, the, the life that you actually want, as opposed to, like you're going to lose. You're going to lose the compounding interest game on ten grand versus ten million. Like, it's just, you just you are. It's it, that's that's not going to happen. Yep. And I think people look at that equation and go, "I'm losing," yes. I, and I don't have a way to win because I can't bridge the gap to get all this free money that's coming out of this compounding interest yep. and just letting it sit somewhere. Yep. Uh, but it's the wrong premise. Uh, the, the, the The fact is, is that um, we are all relative. To uh what we make and what we owe, um, exactly. and, and our and our dream—the question of how we want our life to be—then becomes related to that. And it's not related to what I make; it's related to what you make and yep. what you currently owe, and what you know. And it's it's a unique conversation, but it's not a balance sheet. That's one thing we're talking about just before the show started. Like, if your first reaction is to take out the spreadsheet, we're, we're missing it.
2: We're missing it's,
0: it. It's okay to run the spreadsheet once you know what you want. Because, I mean, there are numbers in here, and, there's, and you, there are people, it is helpful to have folks who, who can see the broader landscapes, things that, that, that maybe you're not seeing, mm-hmm. um, to try to help support that. But ultimately, uh, if you don't know what you're doing it for, one, uh, it won't, it's not going to stick anyway, because no one has fealty to a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to say we have fealty to, to even the concept of what it looks like to serve God and our family, but like, a good intention still make broke people. Um, who so say, look, true. I really I really want to care for my family. Boy, we've been making the same decisions year over year. And we mm-hmm. say we're not going to, and we still do. Like mm-hmm. making them spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> right, because ultimately, that's what I'm beholden to. I'm beholden to this list that said, look, are we doing the thing? Are we not doing the thing? And then we as a group have sympathy with each other because it's hard to do the thing. And then we're like, ah, maybe we're not going to do the
2: thing. And you're supposed to do that until you're 59 and a half. Yeah. And usually yeah. it's 65. Like, are we really doing that? I mean, that's... Daunting. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Yeah, And so I'm not saying those spreadsheets are wrong. Oh, like, sure, sure, doing sure. a budget, and my uncle Dave Ramsey, which isn't really my uncle, right. but I like to say that, mm. um, I think he does a really good job of helping people understand their budget and help them get out of debt. That's what I'd say he does a good job at. Yeah. Building wealth, run for the hills. And I will say that I again and again. I would say it again. to your face, Dave. I'd say it to your face, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I, I just think that. I'm not going to put this as a stamp of approval, but I don't know if he's doing the church any justice either. Like start putting it in a retirement accounts that get 12% rate of return year over year growth. Like, ugh, I think that you can invest in the kingdom. Like yeah. there might be some why out there and we have some clients. Like my biggest thing is I want to give 40% of my income every, every, every month to my church. Like that's a why friends that makes you get out your spreadsheet. Like, Hey, Let's knuckle down here. Like, this is really important to us. Yeah. Um, And so once you understand what you get excited about, then I think it's okay to go back and understand your monthly expenses because we all can, let's be honest, cut some stuff out of our monthly expenses, Netflix.
3: I'd like to have a a list of some of those people so that I can plan my (laughs) retirement. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We have some openings here at Pathway (laughs) for worshipers and
1: or
2: attendees. (laughs) I think that comes... This this brings up an interesting point because I would say... Hmm. 95% Ninety-five percent of the people, I would advise them not to retire. The only people I would advise to retire are pastors, because you pour out your heart and soul every day of your life. There's got to be some kind of. But you know, what, that's, care. that's the passion, though.
3: You know, that's what you do. Like, I've, I've here's just always been my plan since I was twenty. You know, I'll, I'll do whatever church, I, you know, whatever that looks like. Well, I guess it's it, it looks like this. Yeah, there's a lot. A little something like this. But but there'll come a time. I, I'm real. realistic enough to stick know that People will go. I don't want to hear you anymore. You're the old guy on TV that no one watches. You know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll yeah. get there. You know, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, well, crap. I, but I'm not going to retire. They're like, no, you really will. You, you know. So I always figure then my next step will be some little rural church that's desperate. Oh. <laughs> and so sad. <laughs> I mean, you know, but it was like, well, I'll be, I'll, I'll still get to do what I like I to do. It. I mean, you know, I just plan is to wait for a coup, <laughs> <and> get ousted. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll be wise enough to, to, to realize it before other people do. But uh, that I always assume that'd be my thing. Like, you yeah, know, uh, I'll, I'll just probably go to a, a, a rural church that needs it because they can't afford some young guy with a family. And, and so I'm helping them, they're helping me. And, and I also don't have the weak, long responsibilities that are in, in a setting like this. Right. And then I'm going to build a wedding venue.
2: Let's go Now we're and talking
3: Yahtzee My mom tells me not to do it this way Say it this uh, My mom My wife Did I say my mom? Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. It's been a while <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Holy cow The <laughs> 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 dimensions He's setting in <laughs> Uh, I'm also going to start a pep puppy mill, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> not a mill. It'll be, it'll be a happy mill yes. because I can play with puppies. Yes. And they make big bucks. Yes. And so do wedding venues. Yeah, they do. So I, I've got my, I've, I've, I've got a plan. That's great, Dan. Yeah. 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 So you have exactly what
1: Phillip's asking for. You just don't have a way or means to I have get no idea free. how to make that happen. <laughs> oh. I my think dog is spayed your, your current a, plan is to wait for a coup <laughs> <laughs> I think
2: <laughs> that's <be> desperate. <laughs> It's so sad to me to hear that Like how much you've poured into your congregation To think that they can't Put together some kind of pension To make sure that you can always stay on staff And your wisdom can always be there Yeah, You might not be in the front of the house Preaching
3: In my mind I'd like to see that happen But I don't know I'm also realistic enough I've seen it happen Does it feel yeah, I have to too. ask for that as a pastor And be like Look we got to do something about my pension fellas <laughs> I
2: I don't think so, but
3: yeah. again I'm. It, we're, it, we're an independent church, like there's no there is no consortium. Yeah. Like yeah, I've never had a, a pension from from a
2: church. Totally, so, um, and not a lot of people do. But yeah, I yeah. think the wisdom that you've the poured into do. church, well, that's actually true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say my my, uh, my my grandpa followed very much that that path. He he pastored uh, two or three different churches, uh, and then. What you would call his retirement, he took on a church that was uh, a country church. Maybe there's like 30, 35 people, yeah. people there, uh, and then. But he's SBC, so like he's got a uh, he had some an annuity coming in, yeah, an annuity that he could take.
2: Sure. And um, so if you really think about your plan, like it would probably have to buy some land. I don't know if you have land no. in your family. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then then you're starting to think about tangible things that are meaningful to you. Does that make sense? And then we got to really do due diligence of like, is a wedding venue in Des Moines, Iowa, or rural Iowa something that could be something important? I'm telling you, it probably can. From the wedding venues I know, my daughter just got married. (laughs) Packed out, Dan. Packed out. We did a Thursday night wedding. Yes, and all the other people are packed. That's probably why you did a Thursday night. Yeah, and to save money. So then I (laughs) think then it gets exciting for Dan to think about. Okay, what are the things I have to think through? I'm not saying you to do this right now but what are the things that you have to think through and having somebody there to be like this is a great plan until we hit a roadblock <laughs> And make sure that you still have some income on the side to make sure this plan goes. But now you have a retirement plan. Does that make sense? Yeah. That really is exciting to you. That's personal to you. That I think that you can really pour into other people with, with your puppies.
0: So, so <sighs> just just listen to Dan talk about it though. Um, this this seems like a good shape of a plan, like a good
2: absolutely start and something that's realistic. It's not my plan like I've had a client come to me and was like I want to invest in heifers and I'm like like moo? He's like like moo and like I'm like big, like big ladies like the big ladies I yeah. want to buy yeah. like the big ladies My, and big dudes right. <laughs> I cannot lie yeah and I was like I was like you know that's, that seems to be a little far-fetched, the whole heifer deal. and Oh, no, it wasn't red heifers, was it? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know anything about it. The second temple. <laughs> bringing the temple back.
3: <laughs> okay. So
2: he, he came to I want to invest in heifers. And, and we were like, nah, there's no way we're letting you invest in heifers. And I'm like, where are you going to store the heifers? And he had an answer. <laughs> what are you gonna, how are you going to feed the heifers? And he had an answer. And at the end of it, after like 15 really like, I was like, okay, how much are heifers? He was like, six grand. And I'm like, let's get you a heifer. Let's get a a heifer. (laughs) That's a good idea. Anyway. Should probably get two. Long story short, that stinking heifer, they've like done, it's just really disgusting. But they do things to it, and then they sell things, eggs and stuff. It's been worth 40 grand right now. Oh, man. I'm telling you right now, I could invest in all the heifers in the world. I can't get that thing to go 40 grand. But he knew what he was talking about. He had the experience of doing it. And at the end of the day, it was kind of like, well. I get the risk-reward, you get it too, let's try it. Yeah. And he kills it. Like, and That's not always th- what happens. Yeah. But every time at the end of this Uncommon Path, they know more about themselves than they ever have, and they know that like this is what, I, I gleaned something from that investment that I did. And right now in financial services, there's not a lot of that. Right. So that's how I started Uncommon Wealth.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was right on. Now, I, liked, I, lo- I really liked his approach. Yeah. I really like it. How do people get a
2: hold of you? Yeah. So we have uncommonwealth.com um, that you can reach out to us and all of our contact information is on there. Our emails. It's better to reach me in some other way. I'm just kidding. Just email is probably the best. I won't answer it. <laughs> email is the best. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, guys, this is a very attractive philosophy and it's one that's a little bit different than Dave Ramsey. And I'd say, you know, back to the Dave Ramsey without the, the absence of vision, it's never bad to shred debt to get rid of debt. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. But if you do have vision, this is where I would vastly disapprove of what his message is. Sometimes it's wiser to go after the vision because if you do it right, that'll kick off enough cash flow to get you out of debt. And you did it the right way, like our psychologist friend, like he doesn't care what it is his in retirement account at all. Because he's actually doing what he loves to do. And I'm like, How much is in your student loan debt? He's like, I don't care. He's like, yeah. because it's getting paid for by something I really like to do. Yeah. And his plan with him and his wife before he met with us was a 10 year plan that he was going to eat rice and beans, beans and rice. Um, so that's how you can get a hold of me. And we're writing a book about this philosophy because what we found is like, we can't take each individual through this process. Like we've got to be able right. to scale this, this thing in such a way that we break it into very simple processes. So the first phase is. What's your budget? Like first, are you bought into the process? So you brought bought into the philosophy. If you are, you got to know your numbers and it stinks sometimes, but you just got to know it. Phase two is like, what's in your emergency fund at Dave Ramsey would say, we'd call, we call it a capital fund because you do need on this uncommon path. You need cash to fall back on. Yeah. Cause I'm telling you right now, it will not be perfect and will not be exactly how you envision it. So the third phase is one of my favorites. And if you don't have what you're invested, like excited about, Get rid of debt. It's a great idea. Uh, The third phase for me is what are you going to invest in? What is that why in your life that you're excited about, that God's uniquely gifted to you? Um, That's the investing phase. Then the fourth phase is you're kicking off enough money to cover your monthly expenses. Remember in phase one, what is the monthly expense you need? You get into time freedom phase, financial freedom phase. And this is my favorite part about this whole philosophy. Once you get into this financial freedom phase... You kind of want to do it again. You want to go back into the investment phase and say I can do it better. Mm-hmm. I can be more efficient. I can hire somebody to do this in a way that this are the things I don't really like to do in this, you know. And you can be more efficient. And you can go through it and start doing a better job of running a business th- what you've created or 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 make that in- investment more efficient. And then once you do this so many times, you're like, I'm sick of it. Then go mentor other people through this process. Cause we need people to help people down this uncommon path. Cause there's so many advisors out there that aren't, aren't doing that. So that's it.
1: <laughs> I think that book would be awesome. Yeah,
2: I agree. We're almost there. We're almost there. So by the end of this, like middle of this year, we'd have that book done. That's,
0: that's great. All right. So, so here's the things that you're going to do. You're going to keep an eye out for this book. Uh, you're going to contact Philip. It just seems like now no, it's um, I, going back to the to, to the level of income. Again, I, I just think it's a hang up for folks to say, look, we, we don't. Uh, this guy sounds like a nice guy and I feel like he's trying to get the right things done. I feel like I'm going to waste his time mm. if I show up mm. and try to have this conversation like I, I know what my house looks like. I know my general point of behavior. I'm not sure what I want to do. I don't want to waste the man's time. Is there, is there things that, that, like, that you feel like they would need to know or think yeah, before they contact one. you? Or like you say, look,
3: I, I, let's just talk to them.
2: Yeah, okay. so we have a podcast. So I think that would be a good place for those people to, to right listen on. to. It's called the Uncommon Life Project. And in it, we highlight people who are doing uncommon things that are, are go- going down this path. And then I would say the people who don't know what they want, we are not good advisors for. Yeah. because i can't tell you what you want i'll never come up to something like you need a roth ira like no you don't <laughs> like, right. that's actually the last thing you need um and and this whole the bank system is really good at getting you in just enough of debt that you can't think of anything other than just going to that job and just staying where you're at and so sometimes you need some people to kind of work through some ideas with you like dan had um and that's what we're really good at. So if you know what you want, you just don't know how to get there. That's what we, that's our jam. That's yeah. our client.
3: So, so then how do you get paid? I mean, this is yeah. I mean, could you just get a piece of that somehow.
2: Yeah. So right. we we have a financial planning like fee that we charge, and depending on how level of you know what you need from us but really it's accountability you guys like this is this is the 800 pound girl it's the accountability that somebody's walking you through to make sure you're doing what you said you were going to do and you can't tell me there's not enough people that need that like we all need that yeah and so it just depends on the level of engagement you want from us If you want it monthly it's going to be a different price point than if you want it annually or you know twice a year um so those varies right now are 365 if you want to meet with us twice a year if you want to meet with us four times a year it's it's a thousand dollars and if you want the whole like 12 month all hands on deck that's twenty five hundred dollars it's almost
3: almost as much a life coach
2: oh you guys it totally it is. is yeah yeah it totally is Uh, and I hate saying that because my wife would be like cringing but it really is like I'm married to a life coach yeah yeah You know, when somebody can really talk about what you really want and then help you put a financial plan together to get you where you want to go, it's powerful. Well,
0: yeah, think mm-hmm. of how much of your life that actually makes up, oh, right? yes, The yes. things that you dream about and the things that worry you uh, put, put in the same bucket. I mean, that's 90% of your life.
3: Yes. I mean, I have all kinds of uh, wild ideas that never happen because I, yeah, I, I, I just don't, I don't know how to get there. Mm-hmm. But it's a great idea, yeah, whatever yeah. it is. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we get I could paid, be a millionaire
2: right now. <laughs> we get paid on the same traditional stuff that other people do like finance you know assets under management and all that stuff we do that too but it really doesn't like none of our relationships come to us at first like what's my rate of return last year it was like let me tell you what i've been working on over here yeah well hey here's your rate of return too like oh thanks like that's amazing you know and so it's just complimenting but it's taking the emphasis off of these accounts that you really don't know what you're doing And hopefully that we do, and we we do, but what you really get excited about is why you're doing this thing over here and helping them with the path. So that's it. I'm so sorry I talk so much.
0: That's all right. That's why, again, that's why we run internet radio. We
1: got time. (laughs) I feel like I would be, I'm super interested, like if somebody comes in with a, 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 it's a terrible idea. You know I'm saying like their ideas are stupid. That's or, your we've had that.
2: We've had that for sure.
1: You know, I I, 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 I'm so, or the people that like, look, I need more accountability. I need you to call me and yell at me. I need you to really amp it up a little bit because your your current soft tone is making me go. Eh. Yeah. So,
3: yeah, I need a cattle prod with the hammer. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, you know, usually when they when people say, hey, I really need accountability, I look at their wife and they're almost weeping. Does that make sense? Like yeah. they're in a bad place. Yeah, you know, and so it is a. It, it's a. It's a lot of stuff. What we do is just like getting shoulder to shoulder with their clients and having them get like kind of a video game approach, yeah. saying, "Hey, here's what we're trying to get to. We're we're all in unity. This works. Both the wife and the husband are like finally looking at something proactively together in unity and and getting them to get to that point. Does that makes sense. And yeah. a lot of, I mean, I'd say we do more marriage counseling than anything. It's you just went. walking people through like. Hey, let's talk about it. Does right? That make sense? Here's Money a,
0: being what it is, like yes. Yeah. Let's oh. go.
3: Let's. Well, I was thinking when you were talking, I thought if, if my wife were sitting across from you and like, what's your dream? She'd be like. And, yeah. yeah. I want you know. Dan to stop screwing up. That's my dream.
1: <laughs> Keep calm Dan down a little
0: bit. Yeah. He, yeah. I want him
3: to preach till he's ninety nine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: He keeps talking about buying a puppy mobile. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We don't need a puppy mobile. <laughs> right. What what's the charge to get him off that puppy thing? Three sixty five? Yeah, I'm in. I'll I'm in. in. Right <laughs>
3: yeah. But honestly, I mean she's not really a dreamer. I can't even get her to get a hobby. Yeah, you know, right? she she just she goes to work and does her thing and and and. Uh, i'm i guess she probably just figures i dream for the both of us because i'm always coming up with wild ideas and um i don't
2: know that could be a fun conversation what amazing lady that makes sense like that there are people that that is just what they want that's totally fine but i have a feeling if you were like hey money no object and we're retired what do you want to do she'd have something she said i want two days a week with the grandkids
3: yes I bet you your grandkids are probably... Well, we don't have any yet, but... Oh, okay. When it, when it happens. Yeah. That's, it's a, we'll there it is. puppies, and it'll be great. I'll have yeah. the other puppies. <laughs> I'll find grandkids. And then the kids will get distempered.
0: <laughs> Dan, this, this puppy thing isn't related to how much you had to pay for your puppies, is it? Like, no. did you think, hey, man, look, that's expensive. I can make big money on this. <laughs> uh, our
3: puppies were cheap. Oh, uh, our puppy. But uh, I have family members who've, eh, no, 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 Shannon's was kind of expensive. Uh, that's what I remember yeah, you yeah, yeah, saying. Yeah, that was, was like a little <laughs> stiff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, never mind. Never. Okay. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I mine was if, 200 bucks. <laughs> I wonder if that stuck with you and you're like, ugh.
0: yeah. <laughs> I can make
3: big money like this. You can get in a thousand. That they go, oh, I think all we need is three or four of these. <laughs> See, <laughs> that's, that's
1: crazy because so that fits Ben's life life philosophy, which is I can do this better than the worst guy that's currently getting paid to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's so, so
2: true. Yeah, <laughs> so true. Somebody <laughs> out there, like I,
0: anybody, absolutely anybody, I can do. The thing that they're getting paid to do at least better than the worst guy who's making money at it.
2: Yep. And I don't 100% care what it is, accurate, hundred percent accurate. And, you know, I've said
0: that to a few people, and they're like, "Yo, what about being a brain surgeon?" I said, "If it's the worst brain surgeon out there, he probably should go. Look, I'm not set up for this. I probably shouldn't do it.
2: Totally, I know enough to say that I'm <laughs> yeah, still yeah. better than him." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love
0: it. All right, hey, you're listening live from the path. Uh, so uh, Philip's going to hang out with us with the rest of the show. Again, you can go to uncommonwealth.com. Is that right? It's correct. Uh, that you can. Uh, it's a way to find the connect action for uh for philip and uh you can dig on that podcast so I, i've listened to the podcast it's good i in fact i listened to there was a um, um the guy from thelma's uh you, oh yeah you, derek lewis yeah yeah yeah. you talk to the guy who makes the the thelma's uh, ice cream sandwiches or whatever yeah, it's true yeah. those are great yeah it was a, it was they a, are it was good. a good show and it and was super you... interesting to listen to a guy who um again you, you don't get to see things kind of behind the scenes and from the ground up like what's it like when we think hey do, or, or, is it time to go bigger or is it time to you know um uh, to, to take a shot at a dream and, and and see it come to fruition and the challenges of like a normal dude you meet this guy 15 20 years ago like he's you
2: so uh, true yeah so, so anyway
0: it, it's 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 a, it's a cool show
1: uh, so definitely uh, check that out they have a co- they have a cooler a pl- one of the places that i go to work they have a cooler full of these Thelma sandwiches and, and ice cream sandwiches. And you could take one, right? Yeah. And then every once in a while, the cooler will be completely empty. And man, people just get the angry. <laughs> they walk in there like, I'm going to have a, th- oh man, where's the <laughs> Thelmas? And then they're just mad. They're throwing cups. Yes. I mean, people are just wow. getting all spiteful in there because the Thelmas are gone. And the thing is, is like, they're really good sandwiches, but they're, I mean, uh, blue collar wise, they're a little, little, little You know what I'm saying? They like, are. you're paying for good quality stuff, right? But then some guy's giving away for free and you thought, what, what my luck! Right. I've never right? lived like this. This is the best day I've ever had. Only That's to true. find out they're cleaning the fridge that day, and all the Thelma's <laughs> are gone, and you are super angry. <laughs> I blame Derek. My dreams are dashed. <laughs> you should, okay. Uh, hey, speaking
0: of that heifer story, reminded me of something. So I was driving. We've been looking for. Like I said, we we're thinking about about building the house. This is not a great idea, but we're thinking about it. Uh, and so uh, we uh, we're out looking for land. And uh, we were down in like uh, my kind of your neck of the woods, so like Indianola area, outside of Indianola. Yeah. And like there were all these cows. And we had, we got stopped because there's these heifers, cows. Uh, cro- Wait, is there a difference between a heifer and a cow? I don't know. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna say my,
3: heifer is like a breed,
0: isn't we it? Can a, a cow. To a uh, okay, I'm gonna say heifer because it sounds cooler. Yeah. Anyway, so we're stopped by these heifers, right? And there must have been fifty of them crossing the road. Just walking across the way. And, like, I'm sitting there, and it's like, you, like you've been stopped at a train. It's that action. Like, you're sitting there. The car's running. You don't really quite want to put in park yet because you're not giving up that this thing's going to end soon. But, like, there are a line of heifers here. So they're, they're rolling across the way, and uh, I couldn't figure out what the heck was going on. And finally, this this farmer comes from behind. He's on, like, a tractor or whatever, and he's, he's pulling across the road, and he stops, like, right in front of the road in front of us so we can't go any further. And the cows kind of keep on moving. And he's just kind of sitting there. And so I— <laughs> I don't, I don't really do this, right? I don't have these types of conversations. But I park the car, and I say, hey, man, what's going on out here? And he's like, the Pope is in town. I'm like, what? The Pope is in town? What do you, what do you mean? I, and then, of course, my brain's turns like, one, the Pope is definitely not in town. And two, what does that have to do with these cows? Yeah. <laughs> and so, so this is what's funny, right? Because we were at Mike's neck of the woods, this guy starts to talk to me, and he's like, yeah, we heard that the Pope is at this place just outside of Pleasantville, and uh, we wanted to bring these cows to show appreciation because it's all we have. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not connecting these two things as to why you would do this. Uh, but I said, I'll be doggone it. So I followed him. I said, as you were going there, he's like, yeah, we're going there. I said, whatever, man, if the Pope's in town, I'm gonna go check this out. So I follow and I'll be doggone it. If, if if they don't go to Mike's house and somehow this guy has caught wind and had a rumor that Mike is the Pope. Mm -hmm. And I said to myself, that's just weird. Like, I heard people mistaken Boova for the Pope, but this Mike business is just way out of hand. Ridiculous. And so I walked in, I talked to him, I said, Mike, you got, you're in a real pitch here, man. Uh, there's there's, there's got to be, you know, 15 herd cattle outside, and people coming from all around because they think you're the Pope, what you're going to do? And Mike Rightly goes, "Hey, I think I got to give him some Pope style advice." That's how the Pope gets him to go away. He walks out on the little balcony and he goes, "Blah blah 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 blah." Latin, and <laughs> and then they <laughs> then, then, then they burn a handkerchief. And yeah, then everybody's <laughs> happy. Yeah. And then he <laughs> slaps them all on the hand, and then, and then they leave. And so, uh, and so that's that's what happened, Mike. And now, so you had to give him a Pope style advice, but they they got to feel it, right? It's got to be emotional, something that's mm. attached to you. I can't wait for this. Mike. So what did you tell him?
1: Uh, so so thinking back on on a couple things that we hold in a reality which is that we have an active holy spirit um that when we have a hard time figuring out what to pray or how to pray or what to say that the holy spirit it takes takes over with groans and just sends it up right yeah and then on the other end it's met by um our savior who is the, the mediator between us and god right and like they're constantly communicating and 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 pleading to god on our behalf and sending our prayers to him and 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 presenting them in a way that i just don't have the ability to do i don't have the ability to even walk in the throne room humbly enough to to even get in the conversation right so the holy the, the, we've been given the holy spirit to intercede on our behalf and as he talks to jesus and jesus talks to the father and like there's this just amazing communication thing and like i was thinking about it the other day that that i don't start near enough of my prayers saying what are you guys talking about right what what are, what are you guys been talking about i know what i want to talk about i like i got this list of stuff this big old pile of junk that i'd like to bring to your attention obviously that i was concerning to me and it's i, I feel like sometimes i i really miss this this gift of relationship i have right like mm-hmm. i have a, a a communication and a connection and a and a relationship with i mean the all knowing Holy, set apart, righteous, king of the world, creator. Just, I mean, take every synonym you can think of, right? And put it all in this bucket. And I show up and go, hey, man, dig on this thing I'm doing. What do you think? Are you going to help or not? (laughs) That's my general approach. And like, I know that's my general approach. And even when I know that I'd like to, I'd like to know more about what they're talking about, I get about 10 seconds in and I go, Yeah, I don't know if you guys are talking to me or not, but here's the things. You know, I wanna know what you have to say, but I really have this bucket of stuff that I wanna talk about, that I feel like I wanna run past you and, and like none of that is a bad approach, right? Like if I have a problem then no, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> Yo, are you gonna say you'll solve it? I thought about okay. It. If I have a if I have a concern, if I have something that's that's weighing on me, I don't know what what decision to make, um these are all things within Yahweh's purview, right? Like it's his world, I am a loved son of the king. These there's no reason not to bring it to him, right? But like it, it, it just seems so ridiculous to me that, like, most of the prayer time that, that we see, even even when we pray together as, as a group, you know, it's like, dear Father God, here's our list of wants. Here's our, our list of, of things we're concerned with. Here's the list of stuff that we think is going on. We could really use your intercession. And it's all true. Right? But, like... The way that the world has been designed, the way it works, and all the spiritual aspects of of, of how God moves and talks and speaks and, 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 and likes to be in his world and has agreed to be in partnership with us in the world that he's created, and I just got no time to listen to anything he has to say. He has time to listen to me, but I don't have any time to, to like bow my head and go, what have you guys been talking about? What's been going on? <laughs> and just hanging out and, and waiting to see if he answers. And just... and and. I don't know. And I think that's maybe my Pope style advice is like as much as we've been taught that prayer is our language that we use to talk to God. um, Sometimes I think that it's it it really is an open communication thing. There will be times when I will be talking to my wife. I will just sit and stare at her at because we are talking to each other we are looking each other in the eye we are in the same room and 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 that is how our relationship operates and sometimes there'll be long pauses before one of us speak or whatever and like i just feel like we're not we don't give god the chance to speak or to, to or, or to even deliver the peace that we're asking for god i'd like peace over this thing i want peace over this thing i'm having a hard, hard time coming up with this situation i gotta go to work i love you goodbye Right, you're, he's a short order cook, and you didn't wait for the meal. That's right. I put the order in, and I didn't wait to see if it came out right. I just said, uh, I've given it to God, he'll handle it. I, you know, it's not an altogether horrible thought, right? Like I, I mean, if there's someone that's going to handle it, it would be him. That would make perfect sense to me. But once again, um, God craves way more than that from us, right? Like, he craves the relationship. That's what he wants anyway, right? He could have He could have spun a world into motion, put Adam and Eve in it, and never came and strolled the garden with them. Right? Never to just walk the cool of the day and say, how's it going down here? You know? and But he did. But he did. And he, he chooses to get almost all of his work done, not through his mighty right arm that can certainly do it, but through his people. He uses his people to do those things, which means almost everything he does is relational. And so, I I don't want to use the cliche word convicted, but it has been rolling in my mind for probably the last two days now that, like, I just... I, I'm not even giving him a chance to speak, I'm not even trying, and like it and most some a lot of it has to do with uh, our ability to quiet our minds and just be um and so like that's a two pronged attack it's not if you can't do this right now, I don't think it's because um you you you're not a follower of Christ, right? I think you're not even programmed to sit for five minutes in the peace, you just can't even do it you, you probably have to work yourself up to it, but realize it's a good investment it's to be able to sit and just be with god and let that let that peace come over that you're asking for or let that decision you know let give god a chance to to speak his way into it and and stop looking at billboards or the clock on your radio or a thing a guy said and go oh i think that's the lord speaking to me (laughs) right like i mean not to say that he wouldn't do that but like would you even know would you know what his voice sounded like you just barked an order at him and then shut the door and walked out (laughs) So, uh, the Pope's style advice is, is as much as uh, prayer is our way of communicating with God, um, it is just as much his way of communicating with us. And if you're, I, I feel like you're as guilty of this as I am of not doing this. Well, that's harsh to me. It cuts me deep, Mike. Yeah,
0: I find it. So I find this interesting, especially um, this sounds bad coming from you. Yeah, right.
2: Uh, (laughs) I'm I'm not generally
1: I'm I'm really Uh, not a charismatic dude uh, uh, in that aspect. Well, yeah. And
0: you're super. um, You tend to be wary of things that don't feel tangible. Right. Right. So like sitting and waiting and listening um, and, and being open to hearing from God, recognizing that it's not likely to be booming voice. Um, like that f- seems like a space that a-
1: traditionally you might not feel com- you're like what am I supposed to do with that oh no I, I definitely struggle there there's okay. no doubt yeah that, that it, uh, it's, like I said coming for me like I, I get the struggle I tried to do it uh, on the drive in I was just trying to tell, like like I was trying to focus on walking into the throne room of God and then, and then talking to Jesus and watching him talk to Yahweh, and I thought, yeah, I can do this, and like, boy, I, I mean, I bet I got 30 seconds in and I'm gone. I can't, I couldn't do it. I've tried to mm-hmm. get up in the morning and do this in the quiet of the day, and I, I can get a minute or two in, and then I'm just gone. I'm just gone. And then I end up so disappointed with myself that mm-hmm. I can't pull it off, then I just avoid it, and then I don't do it at all. Yeah. And so, like, that that can't be, I can't abide that, right? Like, that's foolish. There's no way I'm going to give up that easily. There's a guy that didn't give up on me for nothing, <laughs> right? And I'm like, 30 seconds in, I can't do this, I'm out of here, right? right. I'm going to go back to the comfort of my Bible, which I can't screw up. I sit down to read it, I do read it, and then I leave. I can't screw that up. But the, the peace and the quiet and the relationship part, boy, I, I mean, I really struggle.
0: I think there's an intermingling there. Like when we, when we hear in scripture that God is, uh, or that that Jesus goes to a, to a, a desolate place and prays, right? I think the wrong thought is that he hits up to the top of the mountain, you know, climbs up there, sweaty and whatever, and then talks for five hours. Right, right, right. Like, I just, it's just not, it's not likely. In fact, right. the, the average uh, the, the Jew in that time, like, like if they're if they're praying, a lot of times they're repeating, they're repeating scripture, right? Like, they're right. they're reaching for words that God has heard from His people before and saying this, I identify with this, and and saying it back, and it could be just it could be whispering it could be just letting them fly roll through your head and let I mean sometimes God will just like some will jump out and you're like what okay all right I can focus on that and you're just and you can just sit and focus on it and it's this is where people get weirded out like because this starts to feel like empty your mind meditation but it's not it's filling your mind it's filling your mind with things with with either um, talking to God with God's words or um, th- th- there is an emptying time to, that says look I, I, I will not let anything else in I'm just I'm, I'm going to sit here in the in the quiet and and the patience, um, and it becomes a badminton deal. Like stuff's flying in. You're like, "Hey, uh, this is due today. I don't care." Uh, hey, I'm supposed to be up in an hour. And I'm supposed to go to work. Not my, not today, <laughs> right. right? Like I'm not. I'm, this, I'm fighting for space. Even if it the empty space itself is the thing that rises to the throne room of God and says, "Look, this was for you."
1: That's okay too, right? I'm dedicating this this space in my head, in my day, in my time, or whatever. Like with with, with all other faculties, I'm going look. I'm dedicating this time to you because I, cause I I want to. That's what I want to do. I want this to be your time and my time with you, and and whatever. Maybe we won't accomplish anything, except for that I got to sit with you. And that's an accomplishment, right? Yeah. I mean, imagine and and, and this would be a silly example, right? But like, I mean, I used to just cherish those times when my when my daughters would fall asleep. You know, as, as on the couch, right? And like, and, and your TV show would be over, and they'd be dead asleep, and you're you end up watching something stupid for an hour because you just don't want to get up yet, yeah. right? You just, I'll just sit here and watch Patty Duke, and Patty Duke is stupid, but <laughs> but I'm not gonna move, and I, the volume's already turned down, and I'm just I just want to live here. This is where I want to be, right? Like, there's no way your heavenly father doesn't think of you like that. And there's no way that you can't enjoy nuzzling up as a grown man to a (laughs) Yahweh that loves you. Like, I... And I'm just... I wouldn't trade that time I had with my kids when they were younger for anything. And even... And and they're not so old right now that I still couldn't pull it off. But, like, I I just... I, I love that, right? And God is a relational God, and we are relational people because we are a reflection of a relational God. And so, like, I, I just feel like I'm not giving it a chance. I'm answering him like I would a text message or a, a 10,000 emails. I'm like, whatever. I just want to make sure this guy knows that I listen to him, so I'm going to fire off this answer, and out it goes. It's like, yeah, dude, I saw your email. I'm on it. Out the door, right? That's all the more thought that I give Yahweh on, on a, a majority basis. Yeah, you know, I, I, some of that comes. Um, and again,
0: take this, uh, take this well, because I'm going to say it might sound wrong. But like when we when we treat the cross as transactional only, we tend to treat our relationship with God as transactional only. When we when we recognize the cross is a is a culmination and expression of a relationship that was walked out and lived out and created and born through and there's a much deeper thought there it it, it brings you to the place to say w- w- our relationship with god is not a transaction of thank yous bless me save me i'll see you there mm-hmm. right it's not that and, it, and i think i think it's right that it starts to create that burden that says look i don't know what it's like to live in a close relationship with a with a creator god that is that god that is so that is sovereign and bigger than i ever will be but seems to have this deal where he loves me like a father uh, and so I don't quite get that from a human perspective. Like, whatever that feeling is, is the same attempt that John is trying to pretend, uh, describe what he saw in Revelation using human language. It's not gonna cut it. Mm-hmm. And our feeling there, I think, is not gonna cut it either. But you just start to feel this need that says, yeah, I, I want deeper than this. And I think God's doing that. And yeah. I think that's okay. And I think, frankly, looking for human things, we always try to express it in relationship-wise because it's the close we got. We, we do the best we can here. Um, and trying to be in um, a, a close relationship with your wife and spend time, you're like, how does this translate? This can work with God. And it's the closest thing we have, but you have to get used to it because he's not literally standing in front of you. I get it. But but I think you're right. I, I think that's the, that's the right burden, uh, the creation for, for that type of relationship.
3: You know, it, I was actually thinking about this today. Um, we have a twenty four seven prayer room coming up, and oftentimes I'll spend a week or two. I'm going to do three weeks on prayer, and I thought, well, I don't want to just do the mechanics. Yep. You know, uh, and so I was thinking, okay, it's the, it's the deeper relationship thing. It's, it's. And, and anyway, I, I went to Daniel. I thought Daniel. He, he's a guy who he saw things people other people didn't see. Experienced things other people didn't see, and and was it just because he was this magical guy? No, it's because he had this. Incredible relationship with God, mm-hmm. and and so I was reading through the first several chapters um, and just trying to try to uh, what can I pull out of there to communicate what you're saying right now? Yeah. Uh, you know that I mean he prayed and then like days went by and then like an angel would show up and say, "Hey, I got the answer to your prayer." You know, I don't think he was like set there twenty four seven. You know, praying. Right. It, it was it was a a thing of. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, 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 there was this this attitude of prayer that this prayer thing was going on. It was constantly in his mind, and and, and, and at some point, God, th- this angel breaks through and says, "Oh, here's the answer." You know, I thought, well, how much does that happen in us? But but we, we put in the mechanics. Yeah, sure. ABC. I'm out because uh, now I'm gonna go do this and couple of weeks later like oh yeah yeah i got to do yeah. that abc again by the way I haven't got the answer what's going on god and it's like well that's the last time you thought about was two weeks ago yeah as opposed to being in that that mood or whatever and, and it, it's a it's a growth process i i think it's a spiritual jump to go from the mechanics and and saying a few magic words to to uh hey i'm let's let's, let's hang out let's yeah hang out, god you know and and i you know, here you go. I got questions. <laughs> you know, and at one point, Daniel's just this big prayer of repentance for, for, for the people. And, 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 you know, he's like, just pouring out God, we're, we're messing up. And, and how can I, how can I help this? You know, what can I do? And anyway, I'm still, yeah. filtering that, through that to see what, how that looks like. in a so it's a super <laughs> interesting
1: question. Um, like what, what Philip asks is like, is like, what, what do you want to do? Right. And like, uh, I, my brain just does not promise it, right? But like, as you promise it, it doesn't provide me that. An- I couldn't answer, like practically, I can't answer that. I don't, I don't actually know, you know. But then it occurs to me, like as we we're having that conversation, that like I've never actually had a relational enough. Um, conversation with god to say what did you create me to do Mm. what did you build me for you know I, i i think i've i've had a guess of it over the last 38 years of what i thought it was and and maybe maybe i've taken those to the max potential of that i can steam on my own but boy, I, you know, let's rewind the clock a little bit and go. Actually, what did you create me for, right? And like, all I can do is see this big old smile coming on Jesus' face, and goes, mm. "I've been waiting for this question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready to show you if you want to know. Let's do it, right? Yeah, like, yeah. just like Phillips, all jazzed up, excited, trying to get you by the <laughs> right? Like, like Jesus gets the same amount of excitement. He's like, "I've been so wanting for you to ask me what I created you to do, mm-hmm. and like, I just got. It's just so exciting. But you never stuck around for the answer." You never once stuck around for the answer. Hey, God, I'm going to build this business. Uh, Make it go well. Did you ask God what you should be in that business? Right. (laughs) Did you ask him whether you were created to do that or are you just trying to take a shadow of what God created you to be and push it to its absolute limits, which turns out is is about as far as you can get on your own accord, which is okay. You know, you might get some worldly success out of that and whatever, okay. But like, boy, did you miss the big thing or whatever God had designed for you that you were just specifically built for and like, I don't know if you've ever had a moment like that where like, you knew God had you somewhere doing a thing with a person or whatever and you're like Holy cow yes this is, if my life can feel Like this I'll do whatever I'll be poor And do this talk to Paul Paul's taking beatings left and right he, man got no money He's starving he spends the last Couple of years shackled to a guy before he gets beheaded yeah. And he's like hey this is what God built me for right on <laughs> Right like you wonder how People could live like that and why people Would, would, would die all the disciples Would die for a faith of, of, of the, the story of one man This is why this is why, because they knew what God had them doing and they were doing it. And like, boy, that feeling you just can't, you can't recreate on this earth without Him. You just can't do it. So anyway, that's the Pope style advice. Give, give God time to talk, give him time, just, just blank time. And it's going to, and, and, and you're going to want to be religious about it. And you're going to be like, it's got to be at five o'clock every morning. And if I miss one, I stink bad. Don't do that right? You're going to lose at the fives. You're going to lose it at the noons when you're supposed to do it at your lunch. You're going to lose it at the twos every once in a while. And sometimes right before bed, you're going to fall asleep. Okay. So don't put it in a religious bucket and act like it has to be this thing. You, you need to give God time in a day.
0: Find it. Right. Uh, I guess to that point, right? Like you ever been on the couch and one of your kids wants to come and snuggle up and you're like, no, that was two, two o'clock. It's two 45. <laughs> yeah.
1: We snuggle at two. Go yeah. To bed. Not going to work today,
0: babe. <laughs> See you tomorrow <laughs> yeah. at two yeah
1: <laughs> yeah don't it's not transactional right like like if god starts knocking at eight thirty and uh the voice is coming on maybe you skipping the voice today i don't know mm. but you didn't make it at five you didn't make it at noon and now you're getting sleepy so if you're gonna have this conversation with your wife you better do it right now same thing with god <laughs> all right get off the lawn yeah okay
0: all right we got my mm-hmm. uh mike hold on let me think let me see if i got anything else otherwise you got some deer life from the path
1: i got at least one okay
0: hold on let's see here no, 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 no. We talk about that. We're good, there. Mike, Boy. social media is a cesspool. No, Mike was fine. We're gonna skip that. <laughs>
2: Ghosted five people yeah. in the text.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, no, yeah, I don't care about the rest of that. All right, Mike, what do you got? Here we go,
1: dear. Live from the path. Oh no, <laughs> I don't like when they start out like this. Oh no, yeah, it, it seems it seems sad. I married someone who turned out to be very abusive and controlling of me and the kids. Ah. I felt powerless to leave with them because of the emotional control, and I had no way to make a living to support them. They're all adults now, and three of them have been in unhealthy relationships. I know their example of a good marriage or a long-term relationship was awful because of how their father treated me. I live with the guilt and pain of that, but beyond that, seeing three of my four kids in similar abusive relationships is painful. When two of my girls reach out to me when things are not going well, I'm supportive and I try to be helpful. I guess my question is, given my example of an unhealthy marriage, will any advice I give them fall on deaf ears? Should I just listen? I don't feel like anything I say will help. oh
0: yeah that's um that's tricky um well i maybe one of the questions that i would ask back is to say um how often did you not take your own advice right Mm -hmm. like i mean just realistically like that's not a a sass like the question is is like in a similar situation you obviously thought these same things and you and you didn't follow through with them um and so having shared that um just recognize what you wouldn't have listened to. And maybe ask yourself, like what would have taken, what, what would have it taken to, for something to actually land or to change? Is it possible that someone in that position, your own mother could have said something and it would have mattered or like, um, maybe think about it that route. Not not because I have an answer for you, but like you have more experience of this than, than they do. You went through it longer. You knew what, how it was. Um, and, uh, that guilt comes from not having listened, and so I, maybe you're the best person to say what it would take to have heard.
3: Yeah, that that, that was my first thought. This is this is bigger than advice. I mean, yeah. advice honestly isn't going to do anything, as it didn't for, for, for yeah. you. Uh, this is, this, they need, there's some professional counseling that needs to happen in here for them to to reprocess what they learned because they learned some some self harming relationship skills that uh they're not just gonna advice won't get them out of they 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 need they need to really get into some professional counseling to to be healthy i mean i'm not saying they're broken i'm saying that's how they'll be healthy they they can teach them how to be healthy and uh they they need help that way
2: and never discredit your experience that you've gone through yeah never discredit what god can do through you and so you're their mother So, I mean, they always will want to hear your input. You don't want to nag them. It's their life and their choices too. And so the experience that you've gone through, who knows how God will use that or not use that, but that's not your job. Does that make sense? Your job is to learn through the experience that you had and then also give people wise counsel of like, hey, this is what honest feedback, like this is what I would wish I would have done. But this is probably why I didn't do it, and this is what tough, was tough in this situation for me, and I totally agree with professional counseling, and that's a sticky situation. Yeah. But never discredit your, one, you're their mother, and two, the experience that you've gone through. that Yeah, help I, th- them that. Th-
0: I, th- I think there's a lot of power in being able to say, look, I've been where, you've, where you're at, um, and I, if someone said the same thing to me, obviously you know that I'd, I didn't follow it, and it's a regret that I have and like when you feel like you when you're on the other side of that type of thing or when your kids are in that like it's not like they don't know it right people aren't people aren't dumb people who are in the positions like that always know it they just don't feel like they have the agency or the power to to do something about it and like that and i think philip to your point like it may or may not work like you can't well actually works the wrong word um you were faithful in the means. Yeah people will make their own decisions just like you did. Um, You can, you can hope that they will change. You can pray that something that, that this will land. Um, You can be faithful with the information you have and your experience, but like ultimately um, the hard part about engaging with someone is, is, is being okay, or at least knowing that there's a limit that like, you can't walk their path for them. Your words aren't going to make their, their way into their legs or into their mind or into their mouth and get them to say the thing that they should. Like, um, and so am I okay saying, look, uh, my limit is, is I can, I can be faithful in what I have, the experience I have and the words that I have. I pray they land on open ears. Ask that, like you had the freedom to make your mistakes. They're going to have it too. Um, let's just hope that they can use it differently. And then ultimately, right, if, if counseling gives a good place, that's, that's why I like counseling. Even even if even if you're someone who goes, look, I don't even know if that works, um, it's kind of like an accountability thing. Like you, you put a stake in the ground and said, look, we're willing to change. Mm-hmm. And even if you're having the same conversation you had on the couch last week, but you're having it on somebody else's couch. Uh, and they're not even saying anything, which is what you'll think. You think those guys are just sitting there; they're not even doing anything. I'm guessing that shows up kind of in your in your line of work too. Like people will talk Absolutely. their own dream out, and you're and you're just supervising. And they're like, well, what do I need you for? Well, you didn't get this far sitting on your own couch doing it. <laughs> and so there, there's there's a means to to put that into play, yeah. and then of course valuable things follow. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's I think that's the wise path is is is. Right, Just try your best. Like and
2: never, I, I don't think it's ever bad to just say, how can I support you in this? Like, what are you looking for from me here? Yeah. And never, I, th- I think sometimes that's, asking what the right answer is but each person has their own right answer and to clarify hey what are you looking for me and that's something i could do with my wife sometimes Of like hey do you want me to fix this or do you want me to listen right now you know (laughs) because
0: i could totally fix it (laughs) 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 uh, it (laughs) actually that's a really good point because like a lot of times um like even even your gut reaction to that to somebody's question um yeah, could just be talking about something that they're not prepared to hear. And frankly, exactly. that might have landed way differently so if like, what, what are like, what are you looking for here? And they're like, well, do you have any advice? And then they've actually opened a door for you, of which it may actually go, as opposed to you chucking advice yeah. at the door yes. and it bouncing mm-hmm. off. Totally. And all it took for you is to ask, like, what are
3: you looking for? I think that's a good call. I, th- I think somewhere that you communicate, uh, you grew up in a home where this was normal, and uh, you need to know I, I handled that poorly as a mom. Yeah. And it's, this isn't normal, and and you can find... A better way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Secular says, uh, the question was... Uh, should I give the advice, right? Yeah. Yeah. Will my advice fall on deaf ears? Should I just listen? Or is it better if I don't say anything? Mm-hmm. Secular says, of course you should listen, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't also weigh in on what is happening to them. It could be very helpful if you point out to them what that what they witnessed while growing up was not normal, and explain what is acceptable behavior in an adult relationship. Dan's been cheating.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> you nailed it. You
1: might, <laughs> you, know. wow. you might also apologize for not being stronger earlier on and explaining that their father had eroded your self-esteem to such an extent that you were paralyzed. If their experiences mirror your own, point that out too and offer them the number of the National Domestic Violence Hotline. If you do, it might not only open up their eyes, but also give them the escape they need. There is a catharsis in that, too.
0: I think the... Um, it, even if they don't... It, I, I don't know that everyone would accept it, right? Like, if you, if you were on the opposite end or the other end of someone who didn't handle the things right, and then you're... You know, there's a sense of blame there to say, Mom, if you would handle this differently, I wouldn't be in this position. Um, but again, you, you can do what you can do here. Uh, and being able to say, Look, I, I, I owe you an apology, and I want to... Um, I wish I had been stronger. I think, like, there's a vulnerability to that. And it, it, they may not receive it all that well, but, like, I, it's still right it's still the thing that you would want to be able to say like you can this is what i love about christianity we just deal in true things the true thing is i am sorry and i wish i had done this differently
2: and we're not perfect yeah
0: and like that's just just how it is and we we might as well just embrace whatever that is and like you gotta hope that you're dealing with people who can take that in too but like ultimately um the higher calling is just to be honest with whatever what happened and wherever
1: you're at now and, and just deal with that reality yeah. And, and I think one of the hardest things with helping people in this way, especially when they're in the straights, is like you're gonna wanna give some advice and then they're not gonna follow it. Mm-hmm. And then you have to you have to not take that personally. And then, and then let it let it crack the relationship that you have with them, right? Like it's irritating, right? You people are like, "Hey, I need some advice. I, but what should I do?" And you tell them, and then they do the complete opposite thing, and their yeah. life is in like shambles and ruins and ashes. And you're like, "What the flying heck? We just talked yeah. about this, <laughs> right? Like was, you completely
3: did the opposite thing. No wonder yeah. you're in the straits, right?" I was, I was hoping you would just validate what I was going to do anyway, and you didn't. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so yeah. So
1: so the problem is is generally, uh, you've brought in your own. Irritation that they didn't listen to your advice, right? Like um, you do care for them, and you do think that your advice would have helped them, but they didn't take it, and now you're letting it both crack the fact that they they aren't in a better situation, and it's cracking your your relationship with them because they didn't listen to you, and you don't like it. Nobody likes to give advice yeah. and have it ignored. It's irritating. Boy, that's
0: that's hard. Like it's it, it is like next level gold star humility to be able to give advice, have someone ignore it, have them. Have it not go well and your first reaction not be, they should have done what I said. Right. Like even if it's true and just to say, boy, I'm really sorry. I, it's too bad that they're going through this. My heart hurts for them and not have the fact that they didn't take your initial advice be a, a barrier of which they then also have to overcome in addition to their bad, whatever they did yeah.
1: earlier. I'm the second one. Yeah. Yep. yep. I, str- I I definitely struggle with this. Yeah. I, yeah. That's I, I,
0: I think that's, that's legit difficult, right? Because like you recognize it's always difficult to say pain could have been avoided and yet they jumped full full arm in, and 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 it was it, it almost feels like it's directed at you. Screw you! I'm going to do this anyway. Yeah, right. It wasn't that. It was basically screw me. I'm going to harm myself regardless. Right. And la- and and for that, the the frame of mind you have to be in, and the destructive nature of how you look at the world that causes that. Uh, every divorce is this, right? Like it's there's a, it's someone just decided to that this was the path that they were going to take, and you're like, boy, it didn't have to be that way. And by the time that they realize that, like they're. They already put the weight of the world back on them. The fact that they didn't listen to your advice is way low on the totem pole, especially to them. And so, again, I I think it's it's one of the harder parts of humility. But, like,
1: if you can figure that out, all the other humility stuff starts to really flow in Mm -hmm. and become nice. Think how easy it is to deal with people if you don't have to deal with your own pride in the middle of it. Like, holy yeah. cats. I, I, I don't carry as much weight, right? The weight that I carry around with ha- with trying to help people in any situation, most of it is my irritation that they didn't listen to me in the first place, and they're still in the straights because yeah. they didn't listen to me. And so, like, when, when I see their number on my phone or their face in my rearview mirror, I go, oh, great. It's that guy that don't listen to me. He keeps making <laughs> bad decisions, right? And, like, not to, uh, these are not part of my personality that I'm proud of, right? It's just true. Mm-hmm. And so instead of seeing them and going, like, hey, I have a relationship with this person, uh man, I, I hope they're not in the straits. I think remember that time they didn't listen to me. No wonder they're in the straits. Who's not in the straits? Me, because I listen to me, <laughs> right? So like, <laughs> it's, it's it's terrible, but it's the truth. It's it's what I think, and right, it creates so much more of a burden in being able to help people. If you if you drag that into every situation where you're not struggling in the same way they're struggling, and you come at it from the pious, you know, the pious way, to look, I'm gonna tell you how to do it, and if you don't do it, then you stink. You know, uh, you're the one that's bringing the weight into the right. relationship, and you're missing the opportunity to continue to have it. Right? It's the it's
0: the it's the common church person's advice on someone who's got a meth problem. I mean, I, you don't have to have a meth problem to point people to to good solutions. That's why yes. celebrate recovery works. They don't care what your problem is. Right. <laughs> um, however, like the thought is that like I came with the th- with this answer on the table, and this person who's got a meth problem didn't follow it the way I said it was going to, and now then they suck. Like. I mean, let's just be clear here that, that, that uh, you have to recognize, one, fallible human, uh, and two, uh, it's not really about you. Like, whatever decision they're making or ignoring of you, it's not about you. They didn't go, I'm going to do this anyway just because that guy said right. not Screw to. Right.
1: Screw Brian. Yeah. I'm going to take the mess. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: not what it is. That is not what it is. They're dealing with bigger things, and, like, it takes a real, it takes a real turd to make yourself the center of that problem.
1: Exactly. And, and think how <laughs> easily you do it. Hey, man, you ever considered not committing crimes? Well, uh, you know, like that was his only motivator in life is to go. Well, Mike says to stop committing crimes. I'm going to commit crime. Yeah, <laughs> screw you, Mike. Yeah, that's terrible. Okay, last one. we got time for one more. Yeah, one more. Dear Life from the Path, my siblings and I have always enjoyed spending quality time together. And every eight to ten weeks or so, we get together for a, quote, siblings day. Mm. There's no set schedule or a particular date. One of us will call with the others and say, hey, man, I need some siblings time. There are five of us all over 60. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's a blue hair kind of deal. Okay, Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. They meet at the Perkins. (laughs) And they wait for hours because the Perkins is terrible. Sometimes we meet at one of our homes and play board games or cards or dance in the living room and enjoy the laughter that comes with it. It's a time we just enjoy being family. Okay. Our brother's lady friend, a very nice person, has arrived, uninvited, the last three times we have gotten together. Talk about a party pooper. We have explained, as graciously as we know how, that these times are very important to us. Our brother has asked her to please allow us this time for family, but she just laughs and says it's silly for grown people to be so needy of each other. She has six siblings who live close by and with whom she keeps in good contact. We all love each other and are aware that life is truly short and that we are very lucky to still have this close bond with so many families do not. Holy cow, did you buy a soapbox before you wrote this letter? (laughs) (laughs) Can you suggest what we could do to make her understand what this time together means to us, and that she is the ultimate uninvited guest?
2: I've got so many questions. Oh, man. Right? (laughs) Uh, did I hear this right, that it's the lady friend of one of the siblings? Yeah, Yeah. one of the brothers. Mm. Five brothers, and this
1: gal, the last three times, she has showed up uninvited. This is, hold on, this this was the classic line to me, is it says uh... We have explained as graciously as we know that these times are very important to us. Our brother has asked her to please allow us this time for family, but she just laughs and says it's silly for grown people to be so needy of each other. Well, that should put you at home, shouldn't it? (laughs) Right? If you didn't need other people, you should be at home, Uh, party pooper woman. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense at all. Man. Okay. Here's the thing. Because they're 60, this whole situation is hilarious to me. I don't know why. Like some crazy old so bitty good. that like refuses to stay home when she's supposed to. And there's nothing you
3: can do. I mean, just don't tell her. I mean... I mean, hey, go in to get some bread. Tell a lie, then. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. you can do it differently. Ben says Christian's it on his things.
1: Dan goes, tell a ruse. <laughs> get some bread and take it <laughs> to the sibling's <laughs> now, house. I mean,
3: do we, when we
0: <laughs> say... peanut butter. <laughs> when we're saying, lady friend, like... oh. Are we saying girlfriend or just... Yeah, I kind of...
2: That's, yeah. that's a good question. It's a blue hair. She said, lady friend. Okay, what do yeah. you want? I, I think probably <laughs> okay. girlfriend. Okay, yeah, I'm going to think girlfriend
0: care. as well. Okay, so I, I so core principle here. um it, it doesn't seem like this is funny, right? Like, you can have a funny duddy around who mm-hmm. like kind of sulks in the corner while everyone dances in the living room. Happens mm-hmm. to be. So, like, I get it, and maybe it's all right, like, oh, that person's the funny-duddy, and everyone still enjoys you in the company. that doesn't sound like what's going on here. Right. Given given how often this is happening, how close you are to your family, I guess my first question would be, this is the person you want to spend the rest of your what it seems to be short life with? Yeah. <laughs> like, I just, I'm, right. not, I'm just right. not sure that... Uh, if this is something you see that is so important to you, and it's not important to her, like I don't want to overdo it on a key indicator, but like this seems like a substantial problem.
1: Right, I'm gonna go hang out with my siblings. Uh, I'm gonna come too. No, you're not gonna come. Yes, I am. Yeah, oh. and I'm gonna come,
0: and I'm gonna make fun of you the whole time and say your sibling time is not valuable. Like I, I, that seems pretty hard.
3: Like a pre- yeah. 'm a deal breaker here. It seems like someone you shouldn't be with.
2: Yeah, like what? she's a great person. there's definitely some communication between the lady friend and that guy yeah that needs to be yeah. worked on yeah. there's so that wouldn't you be more f- more mad at your brother be like hey man yeah, you need to handle your business, business over thing. here if your yeah, lady right. friend yeah. keeps <laughs> coming around
1: <laughs>
2: why hey, is she showing
0: up tell Verda she can't come yeah, <laughs> yeah. the plate the lady who brings the vegan nachos to the bowling night It's the guy who said she could come who has to deal with that. Yeah, that's right. Like, no one's eating these vegan nachos. (laughs) It's not even cheese.
2: (laughs) It sounds like they're pretty close, though, too. So if they're like, listen, hey, Virgil can come to Theeds, but not Theeds. Like, hey, let's have two a month or whatever. These are just specifically for our family. This one is like, you need to come, and we're going to be excited about it, and we're going to enter you into the family in the fold. Yeah. Like, there's two ways to think about it, right? Um, Sometimes it's a perception thing of like... Because you know right now all of them are bitter. And they see Virgil, or what are we calling her? Virginie. Uh, they see her, and they all get bitter. You can just yeah. see this harboring, which is... A little is jealousy
3: maybe going on. Something, something. there, yeah. right?
2: And probably also this is hurting the relationship with the brother that keeps bringing Virginie in.
0: Or, 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 doesn't it say, though, that... Uh, uh, I like Lady Nachos. Uh, so doesn't it say that Lady Nacho shows up uninvited? Yeah.
1: Like she's finding it on his calendar and showing up? That, it doesn't say. It doesn't say how she's arriving. So, I mean, is it if pos- he shows up in the same car as the brother, I mean, he, that's <laughs> you <ridiculous>. know, John, <laughs> you brought it. Yeah. I didn't know she was back there. Shut up, John. You knew she was back there. You got two sodas in a cup holder. Yeah. You're a liar. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: yes, I, so I, so lack of clarity. Number one, number two, I think is that um, it's when he says she's uninvited. Does it mean nobody wants her there? But John keeps bringing her. Yeah. Or like nobody wants her there, including John, but she shows up like on her own accord. And tuts people in the living room. Who, like, goes a,
1: to, who goes to stuff where you know they don't want you there? Yeah,
2: that's right. Weird. Like it's just the, it's it's bold. That's weird, but it also is like, is there something going on with her? Does that make sense? Yeah. That, like we need to like really, hey, what need is this fulfilling in your life that you feel like you need to be a part of this? Yeah. Does that make sense? And like, let's work through that.
0: <laughs> and they've, but they like, uh, and these fellows have diagnosed it right. They're like, well, she has a close relationship with her family, so like, because I, I think they're trying to head that off at the past. Uh, does she have a need to not know how to interact with her family or whatever, but it's... At least they're making it sound like she does.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, if I wanted to be right and make someone else look terrible, <laughs> I would also write the same yeah. thing. So, uh, yeah. Did you notice uh, there?
0: The, what? What was the the core question? Like, I mean, they're they're leading the witness here. It was like, hey, do we? Yeah. How do we tell her to kick her to curb? Like, they weren't yeah. opening up for, hey, how do we resolve this problem in amicable
1: way? Which everyone is having. That's right. When 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 people are great like myself and I'm surrounded by <laughs> dirt balls, what do I do? <laughs> Love this person.
2: (laughs) I think you nailed it on the head. There's a bigger issue between the brother and this lady. Like if she's not going to respect that, Uh, there's some issue there.
0: Okay. So, so back, back to advice for the, uh, number one is, uh, first of all, this is a communication problem, primarily between John and lady nachos. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's got like, uh, this shouldn't be something where your whole family is trying to ask around you. Uh, your family should be going, John, what's going on here? Uh, you, you know this time is special to us, and like we'd love to have her here, but she's really dragging the joint down. Can you, can you figure out what's going on? Because <laughs> I feel like uh, I don't want to get up in your grill, but, I mean, this seems like it might cast into other business. So, yeah. And if, if this is like the sole thing of what she's all feisty about, I still think that's a deal. Like, uh, There's just something weird about it mm-hmm. to be happening. Who, who gets upset with 65-year-old people dancing in the living room?
2: That's, yeah that's that's amazing that
0: seems but, awesome
1: yeah yeah it's just weird that she wants to be included in it if she finds it silly but she shows up all the time it, it is it's just yeah there's there's certain there's definitely a deeper issue going on the mm-hmm. the, the question is like coming from one of the siblings uh I, I think the advice is you need to talk to john right like the, your conversations with john and mm-hmm. say look john uh I, I don't know why you're you're allowing this or what needs to happen here but like i mean she's not invited so that's yeah. it do something okay ready Secular says, what gall, your brother's girlfriend, yeah, that's how I get all feisty. I say the word gall. (laughs) Uh, What gall, your brother's girlfriend does not have the right to judge your family's spending time with one another as, quote, silly. It is the height of rudeness. Please point out to him that her behavior is an important red flag for him to consider. The next time she drops by uninvited, your brother should put his foot down and not let her intrude. Yeah, that'd be like, funny. Like See? what, physical barrier? Yeah, bar the door. I'd like to be there for that, actually. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. Sorry, the door's locked. Watch a, watch a couple of Dick Van Dykes try to keep an old lady out of the door. <laughs> yeah, I'll stand yeah. sentry. A domestic altercation at the,
0: yeah. at the brouhaha. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to, f- trying to foxtrot, and
1: Lady Nacho's trying to bust her way. <laughs> yeah. What you're doing is silly. Silly! <laughs> As you cart her away. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call the law units, I will. Uh, okay. That was it? That was that's the, that's the advice? That was the advice. Just tell them tell it's the height of rudeness. Boy, I mean that type of confrontation only comes from people above. This is the height of rudeness. <laughs> I'd like to hear one of my kids say that. somebody. I would laugh and laugh at days. <laughs>
0: well this is the height of rudeness. <laughs> Okay. I think we've handled this. All right. Hey, thanks for listening to Life the Path. We very much appreciate you hanging out with us on the show. Uh, make sure you go to org. That's where you can get the podcast uh, full-time. You can catch up with the show. Uh, you can check out, uh, I was going to do Secular Solomon tonight, and I decided we did it a couple weeks ago, so we're just going to have to wait. Yeah. So, uh but anyway, you can catch up uh, past episodes, uh, clips from the show, uh, lots of musical guests coming on. Hey, hey, Arendelle's going to be here. Uh, Arendelle's got a new uh, uh, album coming out. He's going to be here uh, first week of February, Right day on. after the Super Bowl. Arendelle's coming in. It's okay. been a late night, too. Uh, all right. Big thanks to Philip Ramsey from Uncommonwealth Partners. Philip, great for having you in here. Very much appreciate it. Uh, make sure you go to uncommonwealth.com and you can find uh, you can sign up for their podcast. Dig on that; it's good stuff. It's uh, good for your uh, drive in and out, and uh, also to get a hold of Philip and uh, let's put those dreams in action. And look for the, look for that book coming out this year. Yeah, man, that's going to be. In fact, uh, maybe when it comes out, we'll have you all back on. And we can talk through it. Would love it. Wow, that Sounds great. All right, uh, we will see you next week. In the meantime, be faithful in means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live from the Path.